So they definitely really wrap up everything with Assassin's Creed 3. They do. Hey everybody, it's the Boy Hottie Podcast. I'm Annie. Welcome, it's Bill. It's Bill, everybody. We're... Welcome to the Bill Swiss Colony Catalog <laughs> Hour. Were you on Twitter this morning? Yes, I've I was. Been, I, got, I just got the Swiss Colony Catalog. Yes. Man, did you know about the Swiss Colony Catalog? No, tell me all about it, Bill. The Swiss Colony Catalog. Maybe this is a Midwest thing, because these guys are from like... What's where's Fargo take place? <laughs> Fargo Town. Fargo Town. It's from like it's from the fucking like Minnesota or some shit like that. Uh, Swiss Colony catalog is like the catalog they send out to like old ladies in the Midwest, where it's like spend sixty dollars for a giant thing. It's like Hickory Farms yeah. for like cured meats and like fifty year old cheeses that smell like dead grandma. Yeah. And uh, chocolates and stuff like that. And I came today, and I remember as a kid, like, thinking, like, man, you know what? Being an adult, the best thing about being an adult must be being able to order anything you want from the Swiss Colony catalog. Yeah. You want. And just getting it and, like, carte blanche to do whatever you want in the world. And that came today. And then, like, all suddenly, it suddenly starts feeling like Christmas, because I also, not only did they get the Swiss Colony catalog... Man, Swiss Colony, they have a mouse, a little chocolate mouse called the Chris Mouse. Oh, you told me about this aspect Yeah, and as a kid, I was... I actually, there's like... an excellent chance that you talked about exactly this subject on last year's Spoiler Probably, Podcast actually, around this time. Yeah. This might Bill say this, this is my is annual... Bill's <laughs> annual <laughs> Swiss <laughs> Colony freakout. Well, I uh, also got the uh, Lego Christmas catalog. This I will look which... at. There's a Lego kitty cat now. Oh, there's all kinds of shit. They have a big Should BW van. I like um, Darth Maul in, I presume, a parka. That's what that picture is, that is supposed to be. Is it like winter Christmas Darth Maul? That's what it looks like. Oh, God. Lego's out of its fucking Lego mind. friends. Oh, good. They made Legos for girls. Oh, uh, wait. Hold on. Annie, guess what? Oh. You bastard. I'm sorry, but my knee, when I, I, I pop my knee, that's what it sounds like. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, Billy, want to get me something for Christmas? Give me this $100 sock with camel. Oh, no, I, I was talking about that. That was fantastic. Beautiful. Well, they have the VW Bug Looks Great. They have a Christmas cottage that has, like, on the interior, it has little yellow uh, transparent Lego bricks that light up. Yeah. Which Lego houses that light up from the inside. That is it's amazing. Brilliant. Especially when it's like a Christmas cottage. Remember, imagine it being like Christmas Eve. Yeah. You're watching It's Wonderful Life. And on the mantel place, you got like a Lego set that's looked from the inside. Yeah, so man. cute. So holy. Why is there cozy. not a Lego nativity set? They're there not must gonna be. go. They want to be secular as hell. They're not going to go. Do they have a Christmas? Calendar. I know. Secular as hell. No way, man. Lego, man. It's from Christian land. Isn't Lego from, like, the Midwest, too? I like that. It's probably, like, some Swiss shit, like the Swiss colony shit. Uh, man, the Swiss really know how to live up uh, fucking Christmas shit. And I also got the Noble Collection catalog, which uh, maybe people at home don't recognize the name, but that is a catalog where it's almost all just, like, Harry Potter ones. And this, what, because The Hobbit comes out in a couple of weeks? Bill, just like... interrupt you, because your Look. thoughts and feelings aren't interesting. Look, it is a, not, it was not Darth Maul in a parka, it is Darth Maul Santa. <laughs> he 
King what is Santa. It? It's the Do you build the, the giant Darth Lego Maul? Christmas advent calendar? Oh my god, let me see that. How much is for that? Star Star $50. Wars advent calendar. If you order it now, you probably get it just in time for December to kick in. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Bill is just as bad as the grocery stores. Bill is not. I got a new Nintendo Christmas. system coming in the next two weeks. I should not be spending fifty dollars on my Bill, goddamn. If you Lego do, advent. I will choke you to death. That's with what I'm it. saying. I just bought a goddamn Nausicaa book. I can't be goddamn Nausicaa book. But look, but I might get. And will you choke me if I get Gandalf's yes. Uh, working? Pipe? Yes. Before you even finish that sentence, <laughs> I had to say it was Gandalf. Would you kill me if Gandalf? They have Gandalf. <laughs> We're just gonna, guys listening, everyone listening at home, we're just going to recite to you all the coolest stuff we find in these catalogs. <laughs> uh, collector's Edition Sting Sword from uh, The Hobbit. Um, you get Sexy Thorn Oakenshield. Who did you say wants to bone Thorn Oakenshield? There's a lady I follow on Tumblr, this fan artist. What's her name? She does a lot of, I follow, started following her because she does a lot of great um, Dragon Age fan art. Oh, well, yeah. And if you're in a Dragon Age, you're going to Exactly. Be, oh. She's big on dwarf love. And she's a light the up Sting boner. Sword. Yeah. But it's funny because, like, Thorin looks ridiculous because, like, all the other dwarves, all the dwarves of Eversham and Lord of the Rings are kind of like little fat, goofy guys. Like, even the other, like, 13 dwarves Bill? in The Hobbit are a little fat. Not everybody Thorin. looks like you. Not but, everybody looks like me. It's okay. It's different. But now it's, like, sexy, skinny, muscular Thorin Oakenshield, but he's still, like, only three feet tall, which is totally hilarious. Bill, if you watch the Olympics, is that is that what the rest of humanity looks like? It's the hero like? of The Hobbit is a sexy, sexy midget. <laughs> Uh, they have you, you Lord cannot, of the Rings can't... Legos. Yeah, they have all kinds of. Look at well, the Goblin King. What? The Goblin King is the cutest Lego figure I've ever seen. <laughs> He's got a big like... brute. Oh my god, He's a that's big amazing. Brute. Oh, so of course that's Hobbit themed shit too. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. They have sexy. Do they have sexy uh, Thorn Oakenshield Lego minifigure? <laughs> no, they only have Ori and Nori and Dory. Where's? How do you have this and not have all the dwarves? That it does seem People like three sword dwarves. Sword uh, well, dude, it'd be hard that's to That's the thing. With Lego toys, or with the Hobbit toys, they're never going to be able to... It's not, it's not cost... Uh, it's cost prohibitive to include, like, 14. Yep. Because isn't, isn't it, like, 12 dwarves? Isn't it, like, 13 Dude, dwarves? I have no idea. Aren't have... they all, like, we need... Aren't they all, like, man, we need a 14th member of our can clan? I, can I tell you a tragic, tragic confession? You've never read The Hobbit. <laughs> no, it's worse than that. You don't care about The Hobbit. No, 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 no it's even worse than that. In high school, the only assigned book that I never finished and I read Cliff Notes of... Never signed The Hobbit? Was The Hobbit, yeah. I never the Hobbit. realized schools... Who assigns The Hobbit? It's not like that essential reading. It was, it was, it's it, fantasy shit. It's not like high literature. Bill, there's so many angry nerds listening to this podcast not right saying, now. But I'm just saying, like, you don't, no one that talks about The Hobbit being like, you have to learn it in school. It's not like it's Catcher like, in the Rye. Well, dude, I never had to read Catcher in the Rye. Uh, did you see they're making a CGI <laughs> Animal Farm movie? And supposedly they are stripping out all <laughs> the- circus is making- That's what it is, speaking of the <laughs> Hobbit bullshit. And supposedly they are toning down all the political stuff. Of course they and are. So it's, 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 it it sounds like it's like the Because DreamWorks. let's be honest, all the political aspects of Animal Farm are optional. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like- Animal farm. <laughs> God damn. 
Anyway, I no, I never, I never read Catcher in the Rye. I did have to read The Hobbit, and I was spelled it so... Rye. You would hate Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Because the main character is a self-absorbed prick. I'm trying to think of what books I had to read in high school. He talks um, about Sally's ass. She's got a sweet about, ass We the read Christmas The Great tree. Gatsby, and... Did you like The Great Gatsby? Because I keep no. on trying to read The Great Gatsby. Because I know the movie's coming out, It like, next... Well, not, it's not coming out this Christmas, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, I got bumped to, like, next summer or something yeah, like that. But I want to finish... I've I, I, I was tried to start reading the book, like, a half a dozen times in my life. I've never been able to get into it, but I want to finish it before the movie it's comes out. Kind the of... movie looks bonkers enough. The, I mean, it's a book about people who have nothing in their lives. Man, after seeing Cloud Atlas this lives. week, I'm glad as fuck I read the book version of that before seeing the movie. The movie yeah. was that bad. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about that later. Um, but uh, anyway, let's see. I read The Hobbit. I read Great Gatsby. Okay. Um, Lord of the Flies. Um, Wuthering Heights. Great Expectations. Wuthering Heights, good. It, you have to be in the mood for it. All I know about it are the Monty Python and, and Kate Beaton jokes about it. That's the one with Heathcliff, right? Yes. But not the cat. No. <laughs> um, well, there are guys, you have to be in the mood for it. Because it it's real? about hate, it's hateful It's sad, thoughts. right? It's well, a... it's a gothic romance. Are you going to say Les Mis? <laughs> I did read Les, Les Mis. I did read Les Miserables. Is, is that required book. reading? Isn't that Andrew Lloyd Webber? The, 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 the musical? I genuinely don't know. the songs in that movie look terrible. <laughs> the songs in that movie look I terrible. I The guy who directed the new yeah. Les Mis, yeah. I like, is it, how do you pronounce the real, like, the full Les Miserables? I can't say that shit. <laughs> I was, I was, they had a trailer you for that. You can call it Les Mis, like a high school girl. <laughs> That's really in the theater. That's all I know. That's easy to pronounce. I was at the movie theater and they showed, like, again, like, the big 10 minute trailer they keep on showing about how we record live because the, the pictures of Anne Hathaway's bit, bitties. Titties in out. We already talked about this on the <laughs> podcast, but yeah, she's crying. And it's, cause she's super sad. Her head's been shaved and she's crying, but she's like hitching. Her, her chest is hitching because she's crying, but her tits are about to pop out. Like her nipples are like trying to escape her top and it's super fucking distracting. They're all dirty and messy. And you're like, oh, Anne Hathaway, you're so, but your meats is jiggling. <laughs> Stop it! Well, anyway, so I'm at the theater see- watching this trailer again, and the guy behind me, he's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, it was great seeing, like, uh, before Wreck-It Ralph, like, all the couples who were on a date. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple behind me with one guy who was a total lout, who was all like, yeah, when Lady Pause for just up, a second. Bill watched three movies in a row this week. Bill uh, went to go see, you went to go see Wreck-It Ralph, Cloud Skyfall Atlas, and, and Cloud Skyfall. Atlas. Yeah, all within, like, in a row. I was at the movies for 13 straight hours. Jesus Christ, It was Bill. great! I showed up at 11, I didn't leave until 11. Yeah, so. So anyway, please, hours. the couples at Wreck-It Ralph, go for it. And the couple in front of me, they were like this little nerd couple on mm-hmm. a date. It was, it was like, they both had glasses, and the girl was especially kind of nerdy, and she was knitting before the movie started, but yeah. she was only like, you know, she was like 17 or something like that. And they had such a good time, and they were, st- they, they kissed right after Paper Man ended. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, oh my god! It was the cutest thing in the world. I just wanted to, like, mash their heads together and say, now kiss! Now kiss more! My wife can take Aww. or leave going to see movies in the theaters. Yeah. She just, it's not important to her, which breaks my heart because I fucking love going to see movies in the theaters. Yeah. And there's so many movies I want to see right now, and I keep, we keep almost going out to see movies, but she's not terribly interested, so I'm gonna have to go see them. I, I, I'm gonna go see them by myself for the most wanna part. Wanna go together? I don't want to go see movies with you that you've already seen. I love... No. Oh, well, no. you don't want to see Cloud Atlas. You want to see Skyfall. You I do want to see, see Cloud Atlas. I will totally see... No. I don't want to go see movies with you that you've Cloud already Atlas seen. Cloud Atlas is three hours long. I will see it when it's Cloud three Atlas hours and I can have a pint of beer. Not, no, watch it at home because it really is like, wow, this is vaguely interesting, but I want to go either 
take a shit, <laughs> take a nap, or go have sex. Wait, okay, which or which masturbate if you're which living. which in which order? Which movie was where was Cloud Atlas in this ranking? It was in the middle. It was the middle. No, it wasn't even like at the end where I was like tired at the end of the yeah. day. I'm like, oh my god, this is bullshit. Yeah. Oh, Cloud Atlas. We. <laughs> I will go see it when I can. Uh, Cloud pay Atlas three dollars. Wasn't and even the pacing of Cloud Atlas. It was just like terrible makeup and all this kind of stuff. But Skyfall was good, and Wreck-It Ralph was good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't, don't go see that stuff. I don't want to go see... I have no interest in going to see movies with you that have already seen. Why? I don't like going to see things with people when they've already seen it. I'm not going like, oh, to be like, this part's going to be not even she it. She talks about being a little homeless lady. I so like cute. experiencing things with people for the first time. It's the same thing with my wife. My wife does not care about, like, So you're um, screwed. Who else can you get? I, anyone else Dylan is and not Katie. you. Dylan Literally Dylan will want to go see Skyfall. She wouldn't mind seeing Wreck-It Ralph. She won't understand half the jokes, <laughs> but she will have a good time. It's got, um, stuff. My point being, I wish I could brain, I could go into my wife's Take brain Noah. and jab with a little ice pick the part of her brain that doesn't care about going to see movies. Because no, I want it, so badly to see these movies with her. It is a ritualistic experience. It yeah. is a thing. Going out it's to the, the movies whole, and getting the, the popcorn, whole, getting yeah. the soda, being with other people, like being and a I social like, ex- uh, yeah, thing, yeah. it's and, and hearing other people's reactions and like, you know, I love movies. I love movies. I can go see a movie every day for <laughs> this sure when I'm at the movies and when I, I don't laugh or, or, or clap or anything like I just scream and pop. <laughs> we're kind of like that's <laughs> why so I don't want to go see movies with them no I don't, I don't want to go see things with people when you've already seen them I hate being like oh I'm going to show you this thing or oh well you know this thing's shitty like I hate going in when it's you and you have formed your expectations and feelings and opinions I was surprised with me going to see three movies in one day that I didn't get like an asshole crowd member or anything like that mm-hmm. like the guy behind me like in the during the previews for uh, Les Mis he was kind of loud. But during the movie, everyone was quiet. But yeah, yeah, everyone had a good time. The only thing was, like, right before Skyfall, this old man shows up, and he sits in the back, and he just starts talking to himself during the all, like, uh, like during the, before the uh, the preview started and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because... He interrupted the 20? Yeah. Or whatever the fuck. the 20. <laughs> and, he, like, he was obviously old and senile enough, this whole thing was just... Not even anything intelligible, just... But the movie, because I went to go see it in IMAX, and the sound mm-hmm. was so amazing yeah. that, like, man, if it was really quiet during a quiet scene, you can still kind of hear him in the background. I was glad, I, like, if you, I'm sure if you were sitting in the back, you must have been driving everyone in the back of the theater crazy. Yeah. But I was kind of sitting in the middle, and the sound was so amazing. And it wasn't until the movie was, was so over it that it kind of got quiet for the credits, and you could hear him still going, <laughs> but, like, I man, that was, I love being saved by a quality sound system where it just overrode any other bullshit in the movie theater. It was fantastic. Well done, yeah. Bill. So had a good I time. didn't do an IMAX. You had a good time did at your thirteenth. Yeah, no, no, no. I love good. I love IMAX. Skyfall Sky is better than the uh, what's the last one? Uh, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, the bullshit. Quantum of Solace. I've written it down. That's uh, what I think every time. So yeah, that that's so. What, what how, how are you gonna go see these movies? Bus feet. You gonna do it this week? Oh, you're been sick all week. Yes, I've been I've been sick the last three days. Would you go to, uh, like this weekend? It's your weekend this week. Oh no, you're sick. You don't want to go to the movies when it's, you're sick. It's okay. This is not a terribly interesting subject. I know, but I feel like Tell us, what route would you take? No, but do I you, like Will it. you pay with pennies? Aquatus? <sighs> is there anything else coming out movie-wise that you're interested in seeing? Well, I want to see Lincoln, and I want to see... Oh, that's uh, right, because it comes up I mean, Friday. there's a big swath of movies out that I want to see. I, I still want to go see goddamn... What's the stupid acapella movie? I want to go see what? that dumb movie. It's an acapella movie? Pitch Perfect. I want to go see that. I still want to go see End of Watch. 
there are all these movies I want to go see that I've kind of saved to go watch with my wife, and she's always like, or not always, but she's just not in the mood. She so likes like, watching movies. You just don't like going to theaters. No. Well, it's not even just that. She has to be in the right mood for it. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of money. I, I get all of her, her things. Well, that's the other thing. I, I blew a lot of money because I've spent $30 on this Nausicaa thing. I got a $10 now, How much money did book. you spend at the movie theater that day? Uh, Skyfall ticket was nineteen dollars. Yeah, because it was IMAX. Yeah, and Matt. Well, Matt, it was Matt and a Cloud Atlas, so that was only like seven. But then like, Rick and Ralph was like nine bucks. Yeah, and so I probably spent fifty dollars. And between that and like drinks and sodas and stuff, yeah. it was probably fifty dollars. Just, just I'm surprised one you got person only, going to the movies. only fifty dollars. Uh, man, I, if I really did the math, well, I'll, like that—that's the best thing. You go to the movies if you get a medium drink and a yeah. large popcorn. That's it. That will get you through nine <laughs> hours of movies. Because that shit is so fucking huge. If the world ends in that moment, you have, like, survival supplies for at least a couple of days. I could have fed half the fucking theater. It was ridiculous. I I can't... Like, I could not... Like, like I said, 13 hours late... Or was it 12 hours later uh, when the movies were over? I still had popcorn left over. I couldn't give that shit away. (laughs) Billy, you just read your password on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't say your password out loud on the podcast. No! If only this were recorded <laughs> in some way that you could delete this. Ah, uh, that just means I get to put in a Star yeah, Wars sound effect in there. <laughs> What's the time code? <laughs> God damn it. Bill just said aloud his password because he's the smartest boy in the Because I was logging into Google for uh, uh, to check the show notes. <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed all the movies built. So you say, go see Skyfall, go see Wreck-It Ralph. Should I just talk about the movies now? Yeah, go for oh, it. Okay, so Skyfall... Do. Okay, uh, Skyfall is good. Uh, it's, yeah, it's still not as good as Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing is going to be as good. Casino Royale was great because of Vesper Lynn and their well, relationship. Well, it also kind of reboots the whole Yeah, and it was James fresh, Bond everything. Thing. It's never going to be as good as Casino Royale. And it, well, it's a really kind of self-contained story, even though it kind of ends with a cliffhanger. Well, not a cliffhanger, but it ends with, uh, was it, does Vesper Lynn, does she kill herself or does she get... She is killed. But there's, like, she's got ties to this larger criminal organization. She does. That Isn't Wong. it, like, quantum And that's kind of what he's taking down in the second yeah. movie. Which none of that shit, none of that has anything to do with Skyfall. Skyfall is its own self-contained story. I was kind of surprised that they completely, like... Sidestep. Everything that was going on in the previous two movies is completely yeah. ignored. It just starts all over again. Which is fine. It's 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 a good movie. Um, but I was surprised the cast. I Like, I had not been paying anything, attention to anything about the new uh, James Bond movie. Yeah. So I don't know who was in it or who was doing yeah. what. It's got Ray Fiennes. Yeah. In which, man, you show, when he shows up in the movie, he's kind of a classy enough dude. He, he's he's too old to play James Bond, but, like, you see him, he's classy enough. You're kind of like, man, why didn't the, why did not they get this guy to play James Bond, like, 20 years ago? Because he was in Instead Avengers of, like, instead. Dolls, was that what it was? <laughs> I imagine that didn't help him. Uh, that's true. Was he <laughs> the Avengers? Was his no? He was here because it was Sean Connery, and that's yeah. funny. Playing Bond was uh-huh. the bad guy in that Avengers uh-huh. movie. But like, it's, it's so it's Ray Fiennes, and he's super classy and badass. It's Naomi Harris. She uh, played the black chick in. Uh, I just don't remember. She was uh, the black chick in Twenty Eight Days Later. She's actually Asian. She's just such a good actress. She got the people who did the uh, trans uh, racial makeup from Cloud Atlas to make her have to look, you know. They're really good about that shit. But, uh, yeah, no, she, uh, plays, um, a chick. <laughs> she's actually I haven't had enough sugar and caffeine yet today. <laughs> she plays, she's, she plays the most beautiful Asian man. <laughs> oh, the only other thing that sucks is they don't have, uh, because it's kind of a separate story, they don't bring back Felix Leader. Oh, really? From the last two, that's the Aww. one thing I missed. Because his interactions with James Bond are fucking hilarious. Yeah. 
but they because they're like, you know what? We didn't bring back Felix this time. We don't have enough gay shit in this movie. Let's make the villain gay, and he'll be the villain just because he's kind of weird and gay. Yeah. That's how you know they he's made, the villain. What is his name? Javier Bardem? Yeah. He, which, he's got this weird mashed potato face, and he's kind of squaring up. <laughs> so you really want to make out with Daniel Craig? He just looks like... the most mashed potato <laughs> face, baby. He looks like Mr. Potato Head after he crashed a car into a wall, and they didn't put his face back together. Because he's got two eyes that look like three eyes going off in four different directions, and his face is all kind of crooked, and they gave him a blonde wig. And, and he, he just looks... Blonde. Yeah, he looks really kind of like... That's how you know he's the bad guy, because A, he's, he kind of touches James Bond's face, and he's like, oh, James Bond, how you doing? And he's got blonde hair, and he looks kind of weird, because he's obviously not supposed to be naturally blonde. That's how you know he's the bad guy. Um, but he was good. The Bond lady, there's a weird lady who, who she, I guess she's French, they try to make her look like she's part Asian. And there's also uh, computer-generated Komodo dragons. Are there? Yeah. It's great. No, it's, it's I don't want to talk anything about this, uh, 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 or anything like that. It's got a good theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard people talk about uh, people will actually sing in some theaters if you have enough crazy people. Because it's all like, Skyfall! Skyfall! <laughs> people, this can be my podcast commentary for Skyfall. <laughs> I'm thinking about a bill. I'm like, Bill, I can't wait to come podcast with you because there's going to be Bill talking about movies for three hours. But it's good! Um, I'm very curious to see what you're... That, that's why I would almost love to go see this movie with you, because I'd like to hear your feedback, like, at, at, right after you see it. Cause yeah, I would like to hear yours, too. That's why I would want to go see it with you when you saw it the first time, not you when you thought me. about we it for three go, weeks. We could have gone and go see it together. I could have gone to your 12-hour movie marathon. That's true. Because, well, I... Well, that's the thing where I had been to the... I was so busy working lately. Well, the reason yeah. I went on this three-hour movie marathon is because... I pretty much went on two straight months of working uh, on Castlevania stuff, and I wrapped up stuff I was working on for Nintendo Power on Tuesday... And so, as soon as that was done on Thursday, I mm-hmm. took a day off just just fucking around on Wednesday, but Thursday I said, fuck it. Uh, because I've been so busy for the last two months, I haven't had time to go out into the movies, and a bunch of movies, especially in October, and Cloud yeah. Atlas and all this other stuff came out that I wanted to go see. I said, fuck it. If I'm going to go to movies and see one or two movies, I'll go, I'll go, I'll kill off at least three movies yeah. all in one fell swoop. And so that's why I spent all day at the movie theater. Yeah. And because I'm a weirdo, I have no problems going to the movies by myself. I don't either. The be- Actually, one of the reasons why I'm like, I, don't wanna, I kind of want to go see these movies by myself. Yeah. Some of the best times I've ever had at the movies have been on my lonesome. Yeah. Like, the single best movie-going experience I've ever had in my life was no one wanted to go see Brick with me. Well, that's the thing. If you're, you're, if you're kind of like a lonely nerd... You're you're and you like movies enough. You're gonna spend a lot of time at the movies by yourself, just because like there's like it'd be a movie you want to see, you'll want to see in the theater, but it'd be a hard time to convince other people to go see it with you, or schedules just don't work out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah going to see Wreck-It Ralph by myself kind of sounds rad, especially like on a the day. audience should be peppy enough that like yeah. you know, kind of compensate. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can be like me, the one lone fat guy in the audience <laughs> going to see a children's movie, <laughs> but in a theater with no kids. But with, like, well, there was, like, one little girl right behind me. But mostly couples. That mm-hmm. was kind of the weirdest thing. But it was all kind of, like, yeah, cute, nerdy What did you couples. think of Wreck-It Ralph? Uh, Rocket ralph um... <laughs> Oh, one notes. thing I want to talk about! Skyfall! There's, there's a character in there who is obviously supposed to be Sean Connery. Oh, yeah? He's an old Scottish dude. He shows up. And you're like... And he's talking about, like, oh, I'm Scottish. Scottish are badass. And you're like... This is obviously supposed to be written for Sean Connery. They and obviously Sean could Connery not got Sean Connery. So they got oh. like some 
random dude. I wish they had gotten, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dara, wh- who was the guy on SNL who would always do the Sean Yeah, Connery it's almost they like him as Sean Connery. That's my, that's my only one weird thing about Skyfall. And it's not like he's a huge character. He kind of shows up towards the end, but it's enough of a little, and that's the other thing. It's a small enough it's, role. Yeah. You're kind of like, this feels like, yeah, like something worked out. Like they, they, they like they were too far in production just to cut out this character. Yeah. So they just got like Albert, Albert I think it's Albert Finney. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Racket Ralph is super cute. Ah, uh, there's, the, the, there's a character called the King of Candy, who he's got, he, it, the voice is, uh, was Edwin from the old Disney cartoons. He was in Mary Poppins. He plays the guy who laughs a lot, and he floats up on the scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. You talk like this. Oh, my God. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Oh, no. Mary Poppins. I can't even do it right. <laughs> I can't even think about terrible it. Terrible <laughs> <laughs> Can you do it? Do an Edwin impression. <laughs> Oh my! I'm a, I love cartoons. He also did the voice of. I um, love candy. Did he do the Mad Hatter? In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the King of Candy is still, even the design is a pretty much the Mad Hatter, except instead of a big hat, he's got a little like a tiny little crowd, but it's yeah. still big egg shaped and everything like yeah. that. But I was like, yeah, it's fucking Alan Tudyk, uh, Wash from Firefly. Yeah. Does a perfect Edwin impersonation. Oh yeah. He's gonna get. He did this. He did this once. He's gonna get stuck doing Edwin impersonations. He'll probably <laughs> end up being doing fucking Winnie the Pooh. What like any other shit like. Oh my god, if they... Because they're making a movie about the making of Mary Poppins. They should have him play Edwin in that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, but he's... I don't know why I suddenly fixate on that one character. I was gonna say... It's one minor character. Uh, I think that's more important to you than any other thing in Wreck-It Ralph. I know! Well, I was blown away. I was really surprised. Uh, oh god, I can't remember her name. I wrote her down... Da- when I wrote the show notes, I wrote it down as Lady Jew Face McJewy Joke. <laughs> That's her, Silver, that's her whole shtick is Jewy joke. A holocaust. Blah, blah, blah. She's actually really cute. <laughs> I, I cannot so... believe that they wouldn't let her make rape jokes in a Disney <laughs> movie, Bill. Well, she's good. Um, uh, man, there's like... How's Jane Lynch? I don't even want to talk about stories. Uh, she's erotic. Oh, this is the weird thing. Wreck-It Ralph is the most erotic Disney movie. <laughs> how so? Since The Lion King. <laughs> Can you tell me how or would it be? No, Jane Lynch, she's hilarious. She's a fucking old lady. Jane Lynch. I've seen people complaining about like, why did they give uh, the voice of the 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 sergeant lady uh, like she sounds like an old witch? And that's just Jane Lynch. If you don't know what she looks like, she kind of sounds like Jane Lynch's voice cracks me the fuck up. Oh, she's (laughs) fucking hilarious. Uh, she's a man with fucking what's his name, Thirty Rock dude, Jack McBrayer. Yeah, they're fucking hilarious together. They yeah. have a lot of scenes together and stuff like that. It's just man, the movie is like, it's I was really when when the uh, movie was first announced, it sounded like it was going to be uh, either like it was going to be like the Roger Rabbit of video games, where you have all these video game characters hanging out with each with each other. That actually only happens for like the first twenty minutes of the movie, and after that, like actually most of the. Um, movie takes place in a video game world called Sugar Rush, mm-hmm. which is where What's-Her-Name lives. Sarah Mc- Silverman. McJewy, McJewy. Don't call her that. Thank you. Uh, so it's not like there's that much in the way of video game hopping and stuff like that. And I was, uh, oh man, it's great. Somebody online was posting uh, uh, excerpts from the uh, Art of Wreck-It Ralph art book, which they sh- uh, show the evolution of the movie. And I guess originally it was almost it's exactly supposed to be a Toy Story kind of story where it was going to be Jack Mabrera's character, Fe- Fix-It Felix, mm-hmm. uh, d- 
realizing that I can't remember exactly what happens, but they have to save the world of video games. Yeah. Uh, that he has to unite with Racket Ralph, and they have to mm-hmm. go off together. And, you know, of course, at the beginning, because you know it's the hero, the protagonist, and the bad guy from this one video game having right. to go out and save the rest of the world. Uh, they have to work together. Of course, at the beginning, they hate each other. Right. And uh, thank God they got rid of it because that's essentially the, uh, the 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 story from Toy Story, yeah. where it's like cowboy. Yeah. Doll. Two extremes come together. Yeah, to exactly. Save. Blah, and so blah. they cut all that out. So it's all just the story of Wrecker Ralph. He's sad because yeah, he's essentially the evil Donkey Kong villain from this uh, Donkey Kong gang from like 1982. Right. And uh, he decides that he wants to be uh, he wants to be a hero too. Yeah. He's tired of being the villain because he gets the shit kicked out of him yeah. every day. It's well, a good it does premise. do the Toy Story conceit of like everyone's at work, like being part of the video game. That let that's their day job. And when yeah. they, whenever they shut up the arcade cabinet. And it's not like every instance of... So basically, it's reboot the movie. Yeah. I've heard people talk about that. You need to make me watch more reboots so I can no. understand the comparison. <laughs> reboot is two seasons of Are You Kidding Me? That then abruptly turns into, like, I think they'd had two more seasons of Holy Shit, Really? Aren't they bringing back Reboot? Because Wrecker Ralph, Wreck Ralph is doing really well. This may actually be what causes uh I haven't reboot read anything in a couple of years. The last I heard, they were doing a fan, like, a, a, com- a web Was comic... Not to my knowledge. Oh, okay. Last I, I heard they were doing, like, a, a fan-directed, like, comic thing. Ugh. Which just sounds like a terrible idea. Ugh. Don't ask the fans well, what you funny, should do. Well, it's funny, because, like, originally, I guess the movie was also called Reboot Ralph. Oh, really? Which I was kind of like, Are you yeah. serious? That, that's not a Disney property, though, is it? Reboot, Reboot itself? It was distributed. It was on ABC, but it's owned by a, I think, a it's Canadian company. Else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they would maybe. not do of all the properties of all the storied properties they that could. Disney now has access to. I swear about? to Christ, I hear Damon Lindelof is now writing the reboot movie because <laughs> no one will care if he fucks it up. <laughs> He's been wished into a fucking cornfield. Um, but yeah, no, Rick and Ralph is. Uh, hold on, uh, make a joke while I read the rest of my show notes. <laughs> um, reboot was so good, you guys. Reboot was so good. Um, reboot was, I think, the last TV show that I recorded on tape. Oh really? So I could watch you it. You still have the tape because it was on house? probably. You should have it was on idea. during high sc- my uh, during when I was at school at high school, and so my parents recorded it for me on cassette, so I could yeah. come home and watch it. And oh. then I painstakingly took all these cassette tapes and edited it together into one tape. Oh, I was fucking hardcore, man. Probably still have those somewhere. It's like what I used to do with Iron Chef and Northern Exposure back yes. at my parents' place. Yes. My parents had cable. I would just go over to their house and just like. You sent me one of those Iron Chefs, and I never watched it. Did you even have a tape machine by that time? I did. Oh, okay. And I never watched it. Poor Bill. Can't say to blame you. That that kind of set the course of me and Annie's uh, life. Like, hey, Annie, watch this. Love this. And Annie goes. <laughs> to be fair, Bill, it is literally mutual. <laughs> so we're fine. No, so Wrecker Ralph, um, it's great because, like, also, um, the fact that, I can't say her Jewy McJewy face again. Sarah Silverman, Bill! It's not Sarah the Silverman! The fact that her character is a girl is never, like, a thing. Oh, her character nice. is completely, like, gender, you know, she's a funny, like, wacky little, like, little yeah. brat. But, like, the fact that she's friends, be, ends up becoming friends with Wrecker Ralph, it's not like, it's, it, like, threatens to turn into a romance. I mean, granted, she's, like, a nine-year-old kid. Yeah. It's not really, you know, like, you know, it's just John C. Riley who does the voice of Rocket Ralph, yeah. I think. I love John C. Riley. It'd be kind of weird if they were, like, hooking up or anything like that. But they're just buddies. Yeah. And, which is like, great. I like the fact that there's no romantic tension or anything like that. Or the fact that she's a girl ever becomes an issue. Yeah. She just, she wants to be the world's best video game racer in this, in this racing game. That's awesome. And she just, like, there's no, like, she doesn't have dead parents or anything like that. Yeah. She's just, like... She has she has issues. She has a couple of complications she has to deal with. Yeah, which it becomes funny, but it is. And then the eight big characters who wreck 
Edgar Ralph is so sad that who who like he ends up attacking their building in the game that he comes from. Mm-hmm. They're like these little like eight bit people, mm-hmm. but instead of like making them eight bit, you know, they kind of look like Pixar characters, but mm-hmm. they move eight bit when they have this. Yeah, I saw it in the trailers. Which is oh brilliant. my god, it's so cute! And they show up in a lot of scenes where they're talking yeah. to Ralph, and Ralph's kind of like this big normal guy. Yeah, but they're all very small and they're all scared of Ralph, and they're just <laughs> all super nervous, but they all like kind of move and they're all twitchy. As well, Foley would love that movie. Yeah, because it's about a big doopy person who you know has. Problems get along along with other smaller people, and it's like, ah! My wife like... and I do have big lug conflict. That's what I'm saying. So. It's a bit. It's a movie about a big lug who uh, befriends a small girl who is at heart also aged the big dumb lug. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's it's a very. And then you get Alan Tudyk, the lug <laughs> lifting his way through the whole movie. What are you doing? Okay, your impression is getting a little better. Oh my god! <laughs> I because yeah, Edwin doesn't have the high pitched voice, but no, yeah. It's fantastic. It's got a cute soundtrack. It's got all that stuff. There's a uh, uh, there's a kid who's made out of peanut butter and chocolate named Rancis <laughs> Buttercup or something. Like that. <laughs> it's just. But yeah, don't expect Roger Rabbit because, like, like yeah. I said, all the video game cameos and in jokes and stuff really more or less are front loaded at the beginning of the movie, and the rest of it is really just that Wreck-It Ralph, and uh, which is really for the best because you can do that to set tone and to set a universe. Yeah, but that's just that's bit, the setup. But the actual most of the movie takes place in this one game called uh, Sugar Rush. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 McJulie Face, she plays. Oh my god. Vanellope! Sarah! Should I just refer to her character's yes. name? Vanellope Von Schweetz. There we go. I keep getting remember that, but not Sarah Silverman, which is not a common name. I see her name. face and I just turn with red with rage. <laughs> my bra- the higher functions my brain shuts down. Where I don't hate Sarah Silverman, but every time I see her, she's like telling the same three jokes about Jews raped by a black guy. AIDS! What do you think I would be? I was going to say, Jill, this sounds like someone else I know. Is that why you hate Sarah Silverman? (laughs) She's infringing my turf. You sue her for copyright. Oh, God, I'm spitting all over the place. Oh, God, I just spit all over the iPad. Um, But yeah, no, that was great. Rock and roll, goddamn cute. Stick around for the credits. It's got a fantastic credit sequence where it's all Mm -hmm. kind of retro and stuff. Yeah. Uh, And right after the credits, there's not like a scene, but there's a little gimmick. It's like, oh, if you like video games, you'll be like, like, people in the audience were like, oh, I see what they did there. Yeah. And uh, it was really cool because it seemed like even people in the audience who, uh, like, like a lot of the guys who were bringing their dates to the audience, the yeah. women who, you could hear them in the audience, like, guys in the audience explaining, like, oh, uh, that's, like, there's a moment where the king of, uh, the king of candy, he tries to get into a secret vault. Mm-hmm. And he, in order to get in there, he has to use an 8-bit Nintendo controller. Yeah. And he has to press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, uh, right. And, like, yeah. you can see half the audience is dying. Yeah. And the other like, you can hear people like, honey, that's, 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 that's. <laughs> this from, is why that's funny. He's like, that's from Contra. That's a that's an old video game code and stuff. But, like, people were still having a good time. It's not like yeah. it was, like, totally just in jokes for, like, video game nerds and stuff. But it was, it was, it was, it was a really heartfelt, nice little movie. Good. Um, Cloud Atlas sucks balls. <laughs> that's the one. Well, the funny, it sucks balls for exactly <laughs> same reasons why I, sus- I suspected it would suck balls. I've talked about this on the podcast before. <coughs> it's, uh, well, I talked about how it's a story about six different people throughout history. Yeah. And how all their lives intersect and stuff yeah. like that. And in the book, it's insinuated this: the main characters of all six stories are a reincarnated version of the same soul. Mm-hmm. And the movie, which it's in the, in the book, that the whole reincarnation thing only takes up less than a page of text. It's something yeah. that you can kind of like... It's 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 funny. It's, it's kind of hammy and corny, but that like it's in that you half page of text that was like your least like the part of the book that you wouldn't shut up about. It's like yeah. the reincarnation is dumb. But that's what they hang the whole goddamn movie on, where it's not only the main characters are reincarnated, but all like there's really only like six 
actors in the whole movie. But they're all playing, they're full fleshing out the entire cast of each little short story that the movie's comprised of. And also they changed like the quote-unquote soul journey. So there's no longer one main character who is reincarnated through six stories. It's about a whole, like six different people who are reincarnated in different configurations between these six stories. And instead of the six stories being told sequentially, they're all broken up. So you're just jumping from like literally like five minutes in one story to 30 seconds in one story to 10 seconds in another story to like five minutes to up to 20 minutes in another story, just like jump uh, jumping back and forth. So like it's a super saying. ADD movie. Yeah, it's super ADD. But like, that's not even the problem. It Like I said, it's the fact that like the movies, the movies trying to be about life and universe and just humanity in general. But by reincarnating on this, uh, by, by, by like focusing on this reincarnation aspect yeah. and suggesting like everyone you know in your life, you've met again, you've met before and you will meet again. Like pretty much like your life will always be filled by the same like dozen people. Yeah. It presents a very kind of narrow view of the world and their mm-hmm. destiny where yeah. everything you do in life is just going to happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like like me and you, we're going to be recording a different podcast of this after the world is over. God, I hope there's more to life than this. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like, it's a little depressing the first time you are like, you and I in caveman errors, we were both like sitting by the cave going, oh man, did you see that new dinosaur? He fucked up. <laughs> Which is fine, but at the same time thinking like, that's really like, that's the whole cycle of life is just kind of like, it's it's just not that interesting. Also, the makeup's got like the movie's got the worst makeup I've ever seen because the characters you have a bunch of you have black people, you got white people, you got men, you got women, you got Asian people, you got me. Like since they're they're all playing different characters and different races and stuff, mm-hmm. but whoever they got for makeup was terrible. Like old age make people on the old age makeup. There's this one scene where I, a, a character who I think I'm not quite sure is Hugh Grant. <laughs> That's that's how bad the makeup is. <laughs> yeah. Is he's playing like this ninety year old guy sleeping in bed, mm-hmm. and he's only in this one one. He's only in this makeup for one scene where he's sleeping in bed. He like he gets a telephone call. He wakes up, and he's under so much heavy prosthetic makeup. At first, you think it's a dummy because you can't Aww. even see that he's it's un, it's such stiff thick makeup that you can't even see his face moving or anything like that. Yeah, and you can't see even see him breathing and 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 so when he wakes up, he has to act all in bed, so he can't really move. So he yeah. has to talk entirely, just act through his eyes, which are almost completely covered with the makeup because oh, like even Lord. like the uh, corners of the eyes are covered with like latex, mm-hmm. and the mouth is so stiff because it's so much makeup. They just his mouth moves kind of like a little puppet mouth, oh, and Lord. he's kind of stuck in bed, so he can't do anything else. And he really just seems like a, this little foam rubber puppet in bed talking on the phone. <laughs> then he puts it back down. <laughs> And it just looks like people in the audience were laughing at how oh. bad it was. And then you've got half the cast, all the white people show up as Asian people mm-hmm. in the near future Korean part. Mm-hmm. And so in order to make everyone look Asian, they just put some like silly putty around the, like, the, 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 like, the corners of their eyes closest to their nose. But instead of making them look Asian, they look either just kind of confused or they look like Romulans from Star Trek. That's what I kept thinking when I saw the pictures. They don't look like... Well, you're kind of going, what the hell? Could you you just not hire extra actors? Like, the movie would be so much more interesting if you're talking about the breadth of the human experience you've had. If you you just said, fuck it, we're just going to hire different actors for each thing and just to say, okay, this is just... We're just going to show how different lives, lives can affect each other. Because that's the other thing, aside from the reincarnation angle, all these stories, the characters have, like, they connect to each other in their stories yeah. in subtle ways where it's like one person will be reading the diary of another character from 100 years this, earlier. And stuff. This movie... That's fine. The movie could have been fine with that. But 
yeah, just the whole re having the same actor show up over and over again with in terrible makeup. You have Asian, la you have white guys pretending to be Asian. You have Asian ladies pretending to be white women with makeup that cut like where they kind of like try to lighten up their eyes and stuff like that. Um, Halle Berry tries to play a Jewish lady, and they kind of give her these weird contacts, like these like light hazel contacts that make her eyes just look dead because they're super opaque they don't look like they have living life they just look like like painted on brown contact lenses and they give her this weird prosthetic like Julie knows and it's just like this yeah. movie sounds like it would have been perfect for animation yeah it would have been yeah it would have been yeah exactly because like but... you could you know then you could actually have character designs that are reminiscent of each other or they're shared elements but are still different and then you just use voiceovers and call it good yeah, so it's 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 funny because even aside from what the story is or the writing or the directing or anything like that, just from a technical point of view, like they from a story point of view, they just focused on the wrong thing, the the uh, reincarnation thing, and the fact that they keep on hammering on that more than anything else. You get halfway through the movie, you're you're like, okay, I get the point. Yeah. We, things keep on happening over and over again in our lives, no matter what we do. We keep on meeting the same people, and then the makeup. Once you like, once that yeah. sinks in, there's nothing else left yeah. in the movie except to watch like. You're waiting for uh, Tom Hanks to show up as a different racial character. Like, okay, he just showed up as a wacky English guy. Yeah. Okay, now, well, okay, oh, God, now he's Asian, too. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And they're like, oh, my God. Well, and also weird casting because then you have, like, there's this whole subplot in the movie about how uh, there's Maori people, you mm -hmm. know, from the South Pacific. Mm -hmm. They're inexplicably played by African people. Which that's not the same fucking thing. You can't get black people to play Moriori people and like play it off like, oh, well, that's kind of the same. They're brown. They're just kind of like just shit like that. It's just like, fuck Cloud Atlas. <laughs> Lick my balls, Cloud Atlas. But it's a great book. Yeah. If you just ignore, like, like that, yeah, like the couple sentences about. I don't have the same allergic reaction to the concept of reincarnation that you do. Why? Because it's not. I don't. I think you, it's you silly really, that you obsess over something that you you yourself admit that it's less than half a page and it, like that. No, that but is... I think it's a lorry, lazy storytelling trope. And How can it be what... a trope if it's something that I will? That is, this is only the second book that I've ever read. As that it's, it's pretend. <laughs> you're, like, you're such a jackass. It's true. I'm gonna talk about something else because you're being a jackass at this point. Um, oh. I the only movie I saw this week in my barf. Strewn Hayes was the master. I saw the master. Yeah, how was that? It was really, I really enjoyed it. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson is very good at making movies that do a very good job. This of, is the pudding guy, right? Yes, yeah. he did. Um, one of my favorite movies in the world, um, Punch Drunk Love. Um, there will be blood recently. He did Iron Giant? <laughs> the Iron Giant, of course. No, uh, he's very good at making movies that do a very good job of putting you in the shoes of people who are mentally ill, one way or the other, and depicting their illness in a way that's very sympathetic. Yeah. And, like, it really, it's, it's, um, I'm real, and it's always different sort of approach and a different sort of mental condition. It's a very good job of it. I loved The Master, but I felt, I was telling my friends I went to go see it What afterwards. the hell is the plot? What the hell is the story about? Well, I'll tell you no this. no one wants to talk about it. I'm like, what the, well, is it like? it's really, it's not, there's not... It's not, there's not much to talk about. Like, when I was leaving the theater, I was like, I feel like a jackass, because all my commentary, I feel like a, um, like a, I'm a sophomore in high school in my lit crit class. I'm like, this movie is about control and how we're all, um, mastered by someone else, and it's, you know, life is just when you're, there's these people that have power over you, it's about power and giving power, some people take power, power. Like really is. See, that's kind of one of the like that's one of like 
Not I, to, I felt not, like a dummy. Not to go back to Cloud Atlas so much, but that's that's actually one of the big themes of the book Cloud Atlas yeah. is how uh, uh, the powerless prey on the uh, on the powerful prey on the powerless. That's a great thing to like write it, make a story about yeah. rather than reading and the master is such a simple. Cool. Yeah, it's really about mood and you know feet and emotion and feeling. Um, Joaquin Phoenix in a role that makes you want to sit up straight. He has terrible posture. Oh, yeah, okay. He's just this hunched, like, it's, it's in his rib cage all in. It's, it, I literally, I've never seen a movie before that where I sat up straight, like, four or five times during the film, just from uh, that. Yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays the master. Why am I not surprised? Is he, does he a great, great job. No, Amy Adams jerks him off into a sink. Which one's Amy Adams? <laughs> Amy Adams was from, uh, she was in that movie, the Disney princess movie that wasn't Enchanted. about Enchanted. She was in Enchanted. That's the third most erotic Disney. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you ever want to see um, Amy Adams in really uncomfortable sexual situations, what? is she naked? No, see that's the thing. She has. Do you get has... to see Silver Hoffman's weenus? No, Thank it's God. actually really Thank well God. shot. It's really well shot. You I mean, saw gorgeous. The movie Happiness, because a dude. Uh, hey, Bill. Jerks... Bill, ha- did you not talk enough? <laughs> Bill, did you? Did you not? Did you have to... Can game. I talk about my movies for a little bit? I'm not kidding, Bill. Do I get to talk? Go ahead, Will. Tell me about happiness. Go for it. Is that the movie with Will Smith? Is that that movie? No, this is a different movie. A dude jerks off on a, a, a hotel bar- a parking lot uh, railing. <laughs> I just want to get that out there. <laughs> we're, just talking, we're, we're just talking about jerking off like movies. a balloon. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that. That's the only reason I got. Um, I, no, I it's so uh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is lost and an alcoholic and deeply depressed and mentally ill. And struggling through his life, and he meets Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's this writer, and um, has this spiritual movement, The Source. Oh, is this the movie that's supposed to be taking the piss out of Scientologists? Yes. Uh, Oh, okay. The, Not directly, but it's kind of metaphorically. Well, that, that, was, that like, was how this whole movie, that was the buzz around this movie. Like, this movie is about half the religions in the world exactly. anywhere. Or any kind of like political movement. or yeah. This movie is about Scientology. You know, the way this podcast is about... Anything. <laughs> exactly. It's about, yeah, exactly, yeah. It, it really just uses the subject as an excuse to play with the dynamics of people within yeah, that exactly, situation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. So you have basically, um, Joaquin Phoenix is lost. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is very charismatic and enigmatic. That's, I'm surprised, because, like... He's Dude, at, he does an amazing job. He does job. get enigmatic, because I don't see him being like, hello there. Well, that's the thing. He, there's kind of a creepy power to him that is yeah. weirdly compelling. I can see Tom Cruise playing a role like that. But then, they, yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I'm just assuming. They do, and it, it had... Because the whole thing with Philip Seymour Hoffman is that he's charismatic and very compelling in a way that you can always kind of see that he is not necessarily 100% high on his own supply. Yeah. Like and the the thing is is that ultimately well, he's more being... well rounded character that way if he's yeah. if he's not just like totally facade he's like, winging fake. it hello there yeah he's very clearly winging huh. it but Amy Adams is like you have the answers and you will communicate them with oh. so ultimately he she he, she is his master yeah there are two scenes with Amy Adams that are uncomfortably sexual and she is fully clothed in both of them oh what's going on. Well, just there's the whole there there she can manipulate. There's this whole scene where she jerks him off to saying that's intense. There's another scene where she's in, involved in a, a brainwashing session of Joaquin Phoenix that is fucked. She's seducing him. Up. No, 
I don't, it's, it's, I don't want to say anything because it's just something that happens. This movie is also a very good job in that only, um, you know, it's very artfully shot. The focus is very good. Like the depth of field, the way he uses depth of field is very cool. Um, he does the thing a little bit like the aviator where it's the film that, where the color and everything is kind oh, okay, of lo- yeah. made to look like, you know. It's, is that throughout the film or just yeah. the different segments? Okay. Yeah. It's not like it, when the aviator is more of an, I don't want to say affectation. This is from the guy directed nice. Resident Evil. <laughs> Because what's that guy's yes, name? Bill. Is that, is that like That's Paul W.S. Okay, yeah, I think, okay. or whatever. <laughs> that uh, guy, no. he's got bread. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it's just a good job of late in the movie introducing the idea of an unreliable narrator. Huh? That this movie is maybe just the perception, the fucked up perception of Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It's I've, really, I've heard people rave about this movie. That actually wanna, sounds cool. It's, it's a beautiful I thought it was film. more of an abstract thing. I didn't oh, it's super it's abstract. Actually, it's well, no, but it's abstract, abstract. But like, I, can, because I heard some people talk about it was almost like a tone poem. That's what which I, that was I, exactly what When I think about that, I picture like it's two hours of a dandelion in the desert. It's not that bad. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's a tone yeah. poem, but it's about a man who has mental illness. It sounds more like it's trying to actually succeeding on what it's trying to do than Cloud Atlas. Oh, it does. totally it absolutely being a movie that's well, a fraction of the budget and it's much smaller than scope. It's talking goals about the are human very condition humble. about how people interact with each other and exactly yeah. how people can take advantage of each other and power dynamics yeah. and stuff. Yeah, no, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And it's also kind of interesting because it's if anything Fuck, I mean I actually have to see this. I would yeah. argue it's, it's almost kind of, I walked away from the movie seeing that it's like this is weirdly sympathetic to Scientology. Because yeah. they don't go into the creepy aspects, like the, or I should say, the most creepy aspects. Well, it's aspects not specifically of, about Scientology. Exactly. Yeah, then, yeah. It's like they don't get into all, like, exploitation of money, per se. They kind of touch on that. But it's like, it's it's more just like people want answers and looking for answers and oh, the paths you go through. And sometimes you really need to give up control just if you can feel like it's all going to be okay. Right. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job. Everybody did a really good job. I, and it was a very good film. Uh, Did you see it? Did you see it? I saw it at the Hollywood Theater. Oh, okay. So how's the new seats and everything? I've been there a couple times. I've talked about it on the podcast. It's really Mm -hmm. good. Really I was sitting in the IMAX theater watching Skyfall. Like, it's funny because in the halfway through the movie, I got distracted and I was like, these are the seats that replace the seats that are now in the Hollywood theater. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it was it was a very enjoyable film. It's you know you don't need to see it in theaters really. You can see it on home video. Yeah, that's yeah. That's one of those movies where it's beautiful. It's if a gorgeous. If I watch film. the Master on home video, you can watch Cloud Atlas on the home video. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Yeah. How is it a long movie too? I don't know. Is it better than the Fountain? Yes. Because every time I try to explain the Cloud Atlas, either the book or the movie to Joshi, I admit the first thing I thought of was he's like, like, "That sounds fountain. like the Fountain shit." And I'm like, <laughs> I've heard terrible things about the Fountain, the fountain except is such from you. A bad... No, it's a terrible movie. I will, I will look you in the eye and tell you that it is the worst movie. <sighs> if you could just cut it out and make it a short film about quote unquote modern day, yeah. um, then I enjoyed it quite well, a bit. Isn't that the same thing where it's like a, a it's it's in three different time yes. periods? It's what. Rachel Weiss and David Rachel Weiss and Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. But they're reincarnated and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And really, a the huge part of my enjoyment of that movie is an enjoyment of staring at yeah, Hugh Jackman and yeah. Rachel Weiss. Let's be terribly honest Hugh Jackman, here. he's in Les Mis too. He, he is. Looks hilarious. <laughs> I forgot how easily he goes from like looking like badass Wolverine to kind of just looking like a schmuck. Which is funny because when he's Wolverine, it's only like one day of stubble. <laughs> that yeah, difference. it's not like he's doing that much. It's not like he's, oh, I guess he is super ripped when he's got he's, like... Are you kidding? He's an amazingly ripped human being. He's an impossibly healthy man. Are you excited for the new Wolverine movie coming out next summer? The Japanese I movie? was actually more interested when it was Darren Afronsky. Because yeah, I thought that would be that interesting been, yeah. to have him do Who's a studio film. I have no idea. It's not Pudding Cups. It's not Pudding Cups. <laughs> no, the Master is very, very good. I really enjoyed it. I will never see it again for the rest of my life. 
Well, that's like, how I feel about all of his films. That's like me and the Requiem for a Dream. That made such an impact on me. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch animated GIFs of some of that shit over and over again. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, there's, there's this great... Somebody uh, earlier this week put up a YouTube video of... It's a celebration of... Oh, the top 250 movies on the IM, listed on the IMDb by uh, uh-huh. by uh, viewer rankings. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the top-rated movies. And so it's just, like, this great, like, just 10-minute just montage of just, like, literally, like, like one or two-second clips from all these different, like, 250 different movies all remixed yeah. together. And, of course, like, I like I can recognize, like, 90% of all these movies from, like, just from, like, literally just, like, a couple frames of footage. Yeah. And, like, in, in, including uh, Requiem for a Dream when Jennifer Connelly is doing her thing. So, of course, the only footage they do they show of her is when she's, uh, she's kind of, like, staring off into space all vacant. Sharing a double-headed dog with of another lady. Because so. that's what, like I said, that's what I'm That's what, you talk to other guys, I'll talk to other guys about that movie, and that's the first thing they want to talk about, too, is like, can you mad, Can you believe what they did to Jennifer Connelly at the end of that movie? <laughs> and like, and a half horrified, half kind of like, yeah, Chris Connelly. She, she, she agreed to be in that movie, though. It's that, a but fair boner. That's, 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 that's Darinovsky, right? Yeah. Yeah! That guy's a horrible human being. He, pretty much. He likes, you know, depicting terrible things. I hear that in his uh, re- reason he got kicked off the movie, off of the Wolverine movie, because he was going to have the Wolverine have the wounded dog sticking out of his hands. <laughs> and he was just going to go through Dude, all Japan. It was going to be like a hentai monster. I saw that porn. It's terrifying. What? There's a terrible porn online called The Triple X-Men. It's a comic. <laughs> and it features Wolverine with, with like, multiple dongs in his fist. It's terrible. Are they rubber dongs, or are they supposed to be, like, real dongs? I can't. I didn't. Bill, I swear to God, I did not look at it long enough. To analyze you gotta look the up the wiki to find out whether or not they're adamantium <laughs> penises or what. Which is I saw the cover long enough and I was like, nope. <laughs> Which is stronger, adamantium or vibranium? We're supposed to be geek podcast. We should know this. You know what vibranium is? No, I It's what not. Captain America Shield is made out of. Which is supposed to be stronger. People, if you know, write us at the boyhowdypodcast.com. <laughs> Because I think vibranium is supposed to like re- like re- resound back whatever energy is directed at it. That's why in the Avengers movie, when Thor hits it with his hammer, mm-hmm. hits Captain America's shield, mm-hmm. it like explodes. Or Bill, congratulations! This is the single dorkiest paragraph <laughs> in the history of the Boy Howdy podcast. What else? What else? I beat Assassin's Creed 3. Actually, I was late to record the podcast today because I wanted to stay home and finish Danny Assassin's Creed had nothing 3. else to talk about. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to just sit here and listen to Bill talk about movies for three hours. I have to monologue at him about something. <laughs> so I finished Assassin's Creed. I was sick this week, and for whatever reason, I was nauseous. I was dizzy, but I, could, I couldn't I could get up and walk across the room, but I could play Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah. That's really what I did the last couple of days. So you were nauseous, but you were fine with climbing up, like, like yeah, it was 20 really story weird. buildings in Vertigo, Assassin's Creed. Vertigo, I, I don't often have trouble with my vertigo. I have severe vertigo problems. Yeah. I don't with video games. I think it's because it's all my inner ear shit. It's not. If it's not like, actual real world spatial, it's yeah. not much of a problem. Yeah. I, I that's not true. In the past, I have had issues with vertigo. In the past, in fact, the, one of the times I passed out in a movie theater was actually when I went to go see Evita. Of all things, what? there's a shot in Evita where she's speaking to the crowd and they're all waving little white flags and there's a shot, this lingering shot of the entire crowd waving little white flags. Those thousands of little white flags were so overwhelming to my vertigo that I actually passed But you out. haven't had any problems in any 3D movies. No, it's weird. I, I largely grew out of that aspect of my vertigo. When oh, I was okay. like 14, it stopped being as much of an issue. So, thank you, puberty, for taking away my vertigo, question mark? <laughs> Yay! Anyway, Assassin's Creed 3. But now um, you have all these funny feelings. <laughs> like what feelings, Bill? 
Uh, Rachel Weiss. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have Rachel I'll Weiss. I just you watching a beat and you're kind of throwing up and suddenly Rachel Weiss shows up and uh, snaps Madonna's neck from behind <laughs> and just takes off, just rips over her shirt and puts her tits right out. And you're just like, oh, no, no, I feel better. No, the and then it turns into the way you said tits right out. It turns into the way Miz and you should start singing in the theater and everyone starts singing it with you about, I Rachel Weiss is fine. But that's like if I had to listen to a podcast where someone was like going off about how like fucking Judy Christmas Dench, Stewart. I just want to bang the fuck out of Judy Dench. Bill, do you not want to bang the fuck out of Judy? I Dench? just want to wear her. He- I just want to wear her vagina like a fucking head crab from Half Life. Just walk around all day with her juices just dripping down my face oh. like fucking winter's rain. I'm so glad that I put a parental advisory <laughs> warning on our webpage. Uh, Lord. Judy Dench. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Assassin's Creed Three is a terrible this, video game. Are we gonna spoil it all? Are you guys? I will try. I will keep obliquely because I don't want to. This will not I be our Assassin's Creed me. spoiler cla- cast. Okay. Um, this does wrap up uh, Desmond's story. It though. very much so wraps up pretty much everything they've set up over the last Assassin's Creed games. Because your big criticism was, you're like, I hope they deal with the end of the world and everything like that. Yeah, because I'd like the future games to start. Just do something else. Well, I have to tell Different you, beating device. Assassin's Creed 3 makes me very interested in Assassin's Creed 4 yeah. because they set up a very different stage going forward. And what's interesting is that um, they this game borrowed uh, quite a few elements from um, Red Dead Redemption, and what was kind of a pleasant surprise was one of the elements they picked up was what is the actual ending. Because in Assassin's Creed, it was more overt. Because in Red Dead Redemption, you have no indicator of what to do. But you can go do more and see the actual ending of the yeah, game. Yeah, because the plot ends, but then yeah. it kind of kicks forward. and yeah. Assassin's Creed 3 ends, you see um, the credits roll. And if you stick with them, which is always behooved you to stick with all 18 hours of credits and all these yeah, Assassin's Creed Yeah, because Ubis- Assassin's Creed games always have like 14. Because it's Ubisoft's big yeah. game. And they have 14 different studios. Yeah, and, well, and they have 87 different language translations. Well, also, they have also like third party vendors coming in for like yeah. different help so you've got literally was, the credits for about yeah. like maybe like a good 16 17 different companies yeah. Like, yeah so like i i got up i got dressed i brushed my teeth i cut my hair i made some food and the credits were still rolling so the credits end and as they always do there was a little stinger and it was very interesting because it, it they seem to be setting up changing the nature of the assassin's creed games i don't want to say too spoiler no longer playing as an assassin no not that the 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 it, uh, future your, games are going to be about the Muppet assassins. <laughs> your the way the animus can be used to interact with the past, it looks like will change in the oh, future, okay, which yeah. is an interesting concept. Because what the the big question that keeps coming to my mind in Assassin's Creed Three is, um, you know, they they have added all these elements without necessarily adding content. Yeah. Like there were a lot of things well, there's you more can do. Stuff you can do. You can craft. No, you but can see, train. but there's there are all these questions. In some ways, they they really refined them. Like for example, with the last Assassin's Creed with Revelations, you could have this whole assassins posse of like thirty different assassins, and you could send them all on missions. You can also summon yeah. them, and eventually one of them would become the head assassin for a part of town, and then you could go on a mission that was specific to to this part of town, and part 
partner with them to take down a person. And you can pick any of your 30 people to be the leader, which is kind of an interesting idea. But what was tricky with that was that these characters had names, but they didn't necessarily have identities per se. And they made a very cool choice in this game where they pared that down to there are five of them and you you still do things in the city to help you know woo their favor and then you have a very specific mission to do with them oh very cool and um they have build those up as characters yes which is a smart thing because my this is why i hate this is why i'm so upset with this game is my big issues with assassin's creed is that it's game these characters always talk about fellowship how fellowship is important to them that they're fighting for more than just domination they're fighting for freedom and there's this all this this theme of family and all these things that have always been hollow because like in 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 revelations for example i'm just gonna keep carking on that you are you've gone to the city to um basically beef up its assassination its assassin's presence and you meet this great character yusuf who dies and then you are tasked with like beefing everybody up. So you make all these contacts, you make all these connections and you have all of this dialogue about friendship and fellowship and brotherhood, but you don't actually have friendship, fellowship, or brotherhood. So it doesn't make, it just feels empty. And they, they tried to fix that here. And then on top of that, in this game, they have this whole homestead, your farm. And um, your, your mentor, your assassin's mentor, this is his property and it's all fallen apart. And over the course of the game, you can meet, you meet a farmer, you meet a tailor, you meet a blacksmith and you help them and you can have them come to your community and they have relationships with each other. And like, that's a good idea because then you have something to fight for. And at one point the villain threatens, he's like, I threaten Connor, your people, like your tribe, but you don't really interact with them in the game. That doesn't. It means a lot to Connor as a character, but as a player, yeah, Yeah. he threatens the natives. And as the player, I have very little relationship with them. But they, he oh threatens your God. farm. And I'm like, fuck well, that's, you. that's the real I have invested yeah. 10 hours into all their dumbass little that's side cool. quests. Well, I heard, like, like in terms of, like, crafting and stuff, like, crafting isn't necessarily that essential. But I'm glad to see the characters. You can actually get emotionally invested in what's well, going on at the Well, here's the thing. They tried, they did all this. And they put all this work into it. And I appreciate, and, like, the whole thing with the assassins. But it's not, it's still not meaty enough to have enough... All, all the homestead stuff is entirely optional. Yeah, that's like, what you could play through about. the whole game without necessarily going down Well, Justin Mackler on the Besties podcast, he was talking about... Uh, we I talked a little bit about this before we started recording. He was talking about how he was doing a lot of stuff with uh, the like the tailor and all the different mm-hmm. people. And uh, he realized that what they were doing for him didn't really impact the gameplay that it does much. Not. And so he yeah. eventually just gave up. Just He just wanted to see what the end of the game was. Yeah. So he eventually gave up on, those, on, on yeah. really associating with those guys, which I wonder if you kind of missed out on... I mean, that was the heart Having, of that game. Even though it, was, it wasn't much of a heart, it had a very weak So all the stuff beat. replaces all the villa stuff from, like, Assassin's Creed. Yes. Yeah. Only with the villa, it's like, I have upgraded this shop. But there's no people there, really. Yeah. Like, you'll have, like, this a, is a like, tailor, but the tailor doesn't have a name. They're just, they're no. just a menu. This is like, you oh, no, 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 no. This is stuff. Ellen. Her husband oh, so beat her, cool, and yeah. I've given her a new well, life that, with a daughter. That's kind of Red Dead, where you have other characters who are, like, NPCs. A little bit like Bonnie. Sort of. kind of helps you But this is, like, this is literally your family, and you get to, you like to bring them, you see a wedding, and you see a funeral. Which is great when you're in a, in a, uh, playing a game that takes place during a huge political revolution. Yeah. You want to have some kind of ties exactly. to the people you're fighting for. Yeah. And also, it's like they make a. They That's make why it... the stuff at the beginning with Hatham, which I'm still stuck in, yeah. where I'm just like the cipher from England just fucking up people for no reason. See, I liked. 
I thought see Haytham I think could have been an interesting character and that whole conflict and everything at the at the beginning if they gave you some sort of sense of the stakes but they don't because they they're, don't. they're trying so hard to protect the stupid story secret of yeah. spoilers Haytham is uh, a Dracula <laughs> But they like like because they yeah. like they think the story twist, which is so fucking obvious, that is yeah. so worthy of protecting. They like they they make everything that's going around. They don't explain anything that he's doing or why he's there or what, who he is. Well, they assume that you think he is an assassin trying to help the revolution. Because he can, well, yeah, but they assume that that's what you will think. But they don't give you any of the hints. There's very thing about how they know there's a piece of apple somewhere in the Americas. They yeah. want to find it, and the natives may know where it is. That's yeah. all you know. Yeah. And like you can't, you can't, you can't feel the first three or four hours of a game on vague. Like I'm a dude looking for a thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and what's upsetting is that ultimately what this job, this game tries to do I have to over the course of the stuff. game yeah. is that you do. They try to. Every character has a motivation. This world is not so black and white. And what I thought was really, really cool, and I'm going to get a little spoilery here, is that over the course of the game, the the Templars ally with the British. And the assassins ally with the rev- the uh, the patriots, but ultimately both of the patriots and the British are assholes, and they don't really serve either of your. So really, there are like four stages at play here, and sometimes you know they weave in interesting ways, and that's interesting. It's interesting oh, so to have that, a conflict. They're not totally static then, so no. it's not always Americans. Uh-huh. Patriots, good guys, assassins. No, good guys. in fact, okay, ultimately, nice this is the most libertarian what? game I've ever played. The Assassin's Creed game. Hey, Bill, ten... can I finish my sentence? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say these games yeah. tend to be long enough that, it, yeah. like, you would want some kind of story twist where not ever, like both tabs. It's are not perfectly... necessularly a twist. Well, you know what I mean. It's like, like the the you, all the games have pretty much looked at a conflict. The Templars are on this side, the assassins are on this side, and then it go and then like, oh well, the winners had the assassins on their side, so good thing, you know. And that's why things turned out the way they did. They... And this game does that, but ultimately the it's not as black and white. Yeah. Which is interesting that the first Assassin's Creed game to ever take a kind of critical look at these people in history is about American history. Yeah. You know? I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't want to say necessarily brave because... You know, like they they mostly work with actual history. Like, yes, George Washington was a terrible general, but a good politician, and like all these other things. And Paul Revere needed help on his horse. Paul Revere really needed me to drive. I keep on hearing so he could sit in the back. I should not be surprised. Hey, turn left. Turn left. No, your other left. Hey, Connor. Connor, turn right. Nope. yeah, Not that right. People keep on harping on the Forrest Gumpness. It's really well, of it Connor's trek through American dumb. history. The dumbest aspect, though, is you meet Benjamin Franklin long enough for him to give you a fetch quest, and then you never see him over the rest really? of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, but I hear when they sign the Constitution, when they sign the Declaration of Independence, you're there to sharpen the quill. Uh, yes, you are. It's dumbest shit. Are you serious? You are. <laughs> Well, what's funny about Assassin's Creed is that it is both inscrutable if you know nothing about and infuriating if you know anything so about what American happens? history. Do you bump into John Adams and John Adams is like, this fucking di- this fucker Dickinson from Pennsylvania, he's Bill, trying to fuck up my shit. John Adams is only interesting if you really love 1776. That's what I'm saying! He's well, not the most dramatic. It seems like Assassin's Creed is actually that worried about history as much as 1776 is. <laughs> so, what you, so John Adams is like, he bumps into Ezio Lloyd's up on the clock tower, like, talk, like, John Adams is singing a song, why doesn't everyone see what I see in the world? And he's singing this big finale song, and then he sees Ezio climbing the clock tower, and he's like, hey, Ezio, guess what? Kill everyone who disagrees <laughs> with me tomorrow well, when we sign the Declaration of Independence. There's this conflict that's 
always there in the Assassin's Creed games and it becomes all the more dramatic in this one because Connor goes out of his way to say, you're evil because you kill people <laughs> after having killed 20 people. After like, he's just got done eating a Templar baby. Yeah. Like Connor says, he, he's in a scene and, he, and a person is murdered, like killed, yeah. after being told they would not be. And Connor goes, why would you kill him? <laughs> Meanwhile, literally a mission before, I'm going to do a favor for my blacksmith in my community. Yeah. And he's like, or no, 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 the, ca- the, um, the woodworker. The woodworker said, oh, I ordered these plans from France, but they got stolen. Would you go get them for me? So I had to go, and I think, oh, it's a pickpocket thing. I just have to go pickpocket them off these people. Mm-hmm. No, I have to murder them and take the plans off of them. And I'm like, is this the same Connor way to get this shit who done, one yeah. cut scene ago was like, oh, this is terrible. When I'm literally just murdering these assholes who may or may not know what they're part of. This is a funny punchline, though. So you get... There, there's some really satisfying payoffs to some of these quests for the homestead. Because, like, you with the woodworker, he's ordered this plan for a folding chair. He's so excited. He's like, it's a chair and it folds! And you go and you give it to him and he's like... And then later you go back and talk to him. And he says, Connor, Connor, it's even better than I thought. Not only did they send me plans for this folding chair, they sent me plans for an invention by Leonardo da Vinci. Can you believe it? Oh, he invented no. a flying machine. Can you even imagine? So do you get the device from the last game? Well, this is that's great. So there's this great sequence right in the top of this cliff, and you've got the, the flying machine, and you soar, and it makes the eagle cry sound, and then you crash into the water. Because <laughs> you need the goddamn heat. You know, like the fire and everything. That's oh, I forgot favorite. about that. Yeah. So it's like you just crash, which is like I thought it was a good. Joke. That's a, at least at least it has a sense of humor that way. Well, it so it's not it's completely frequently. Just... Every time the humor comes up, I'm like, this is what Assassin's Creed needs. It needs people, and it needs self awareness, yeah. and it needs a little fun. And they tried so hard. This game actually has a villain and an interesting one, even though well, they try to have an interesting villain. And uh, they're tr- they're trying to fix all of my problems with Assassin's Creed. They just do a not very good job on it. On top of fucking up everything that is fun about Assassin's Creed. Okay, so well, that's all your opinions on the gameplay stuff. Uh, did you run into that, that much in the? Because I'm still, like I said, I'm still playing as Hatham, and some of the bugs I can't even get past. There, it's because really... I'm stuck in a buggy mission right now that yeah. I can't get past. Yeah. So what, like, how how was the game for you? Because I don't know if I'm just having a particularly like unlucky patch with this game. Or if like, for I don't a know, lot of my experience, with, my experience with bug, there are it's a very buggy game. Yeah. This is the first this game time feels like it should have spent like another six months in development. It's not a year, like yeah. really. Because I feel like I feel like I'm a, a play tester playing this game. Yeah, it got to the point where well, anyway, go ahead and I'll talk about my experience. This is the first game I've ever had where rather than have pop in, I've had pop out. I don't know if you've what? ever experienced this. I'll be running through a city and there'll be a big crowd of people Point? in the distance until I get maybe about fifty feet away and then they disappear. Uh, loopers. <laughs> There we go. No. <laughs> I like that idea. No, but um, there is buggy. What is frustrating to me uh, is that in a lot of these missions, it's not that they are quote unquote buggy. It's just that there is literally one path to go. And if you do not take exactly that path, you will fail. Yeah. And it's and they give you no indication. Like That's good part game of what's design me crazy. Yeah. is, you know, they give you a path and they indicate it. This is one thing that Assassin's Creed has always done well. You feel like an effortless badass doing these amazing athletic things because they design the environments in such a way that you know where to go. Mm-hmm. And the ch- it's not necessarily... Chal- the challenge is just be- being alert and your reward is you get to see all this badass shit you do. In this game, you have to do it like a very particular way and if you don't, you fail. And you can fail 40, 50, 60 times. The game will never tell you what to do. You just have to figure out what you're supposed to see, do. See, I'm getting kicked in the balls because the mission I'm in right now is... It's very early on. 
Uh, you have to raid a uh, red coat convoy to mm -hmm. steal everyone's coats so you can uh, ha essentially hijack the convoy yeah. and sneak your way into this prison where you're going to free this bunch of prisoners to create a distraction so you can get, uh, kill this guy named Silas. Mm -hmm. And there's this one part where you have to kill... Well, you, have, you have to go up to uh, two different groups of prisoners, free them from their stocks, and then free a third batch of prisoners who are on the ship, mm -hmm. free them from their stocks. And uh, so I'm walking around in my red coat guys. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, if I, uh, not even if I break out in a full on sprint, but if I do anything but just walk slowly from point A to point B, everyone mm -hmm. suddenly realizes that I'm a bad guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so my, uh, the costume that I'm wearing that is supposed to help me blend in does nothing. I don't even know why this is supposed to be an inf infiltration mission where I can't do anything. It's very much like, he, like, it's 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 like I'm a, like in, on a movie set where yeah. I'm like playing a role, and if I do anything that breaks out of that role, the game just like just it'll just say a mission failed to synchronize. If I just yeah. run too far, and someone else for some reason will arbitrarily, yeah. or if I stay, but if I stand still and just kind of like look to see where I'm supposed to be going, mm -hmm. someone standing next to me will recognize me as being a bad guy, and I will yeah. synchronize then. So I have yeah. to stay on this very like not even yeah. It's not even a matter of the uh the goals within that mission being very linear it's the fact that like just getting moving from point yeah. a to point b if i yeah. walk too fast yeah. or if i uh if i lag behind too much yeah the, i fail the and game i feel like i'm a, full of that i feel like that it is, is it is a quote gameplay design decision it is not a bug that will fuck you up in yeah. the middle of the mission because what what happens is like i can rely i eventually figured out eventually how i can uh free these first two groups of prisoners and so, like, the first couple times I just figured, well, I'm dressed as red coat. I should be able to just walk onto this red coat boat. As long as I follow this arbitrary path the game has set yeah. out for me, as long as I don't run too fast or stop, I can walk onto the boat and maybe sneak in there and try to free these guys. That, for some reason, the moment you even try to step foot anywhere near the boat, everyone suddenly goes, oh my god, freaks out! Oh, you recognize yeah. you as being a bad guy. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that was a bug or if that's part of the game, but I've heard from enough, enough other people, that just seems to be, that's just scripted. That's yeah. the way it is. Arbit yeah. Completely arbitrarily. Yeah. Uh, uh, negating the whole point why you're, like, why yeah. you had to hijack this red, red coat uh, thing to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So, what they, I guess what they make you do is swim in the water and climb up the back of the boat, except uh, the guys on the boat, for some reason, no, this is this has got to be a bug. They can see through the hull of the boat and see me in the water, that and so I can't bug. climb up to the top without the, all everyone in the boat freaking out. And the game will not stop doing this. I'm gonna have to wait until this game gets patched or something because I just can't complete the mission. I can't get any like I like I That's literally bullshit. did this mission about twenty times. Yeah, and either like. The the way the game design was 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 making me fail even before I got to the boat, and when I get when I get to the boat, the bugs keep me from being able to, to complete the mission. Yeah. And uh, again, listening to the Besties podcast this week, they were talking about how this game is directed by the guy who he directed. Uh, was it the sequel to? Was it Army of Two? Mm -hmm. I think it was the the the, the co-op mercenary. Yeah, the co-op mercenary mercenary game, which is weird. Was that a Ubisoft game? It was an EA game. I think. Uh, but yeah, that guy I guess is the director of Assassin's Creed Three, and supposedly uh, people, the few people who played uh, that game, which that game was not very popular at all, who have also played Assassin's Creed Three, say that whatever problems you any most people have with Assassin's Creed Three go right back to this mercenaries or this yeah. Army of Two game where. It's that game was also very cinematic. Mm -hmm. That was also another game where they really had you go from point A to point B to point C. Yeah. And if you don't do it exactly as yeah. it is, very linear, where it like, yeah. 
there's no no real player agents or anything like that. That game would fail you out too. And yeah. obviously, this is this is the hand of the director. This yeah. isn't just like t- technical reasons. I'm why not this is being happening. hyperbolic. I would guess that literally twenty five percent of the game is that. That is, is not, literally that is not an Assassin's Creed. It is not exactly. Ugh. I mean, there, I cannot believe how so that's many. That's a creative choice. Then that's not it even is. just like underbaked the land. They couldn't flesh that out. In this time. it is like no Fuck one, no Fuck one ever director. went. No one ever sat down with these guys and said, "Is it fun?" Yeah. Because at no point during this game, the Assassin's Creed games at their best were about pleasure that comes from freedom of movement yeah. and freedom of combat. And the combat, if you like, if you want it, it's still satisfying because it, it's a beautiful murder ballet. But the movement, they fucked up the movement. But yeah, aside from the like, you because you can't. They're already move. working against the rain too, because you're taking place in a world where the cities are a lot smaller, not as many high places to climb. Where the buildings I'm not are even farther talking apart. About but that. I, that, but I'm saying you already have that working against you. Yeah, you're gonna have to be a very smart, uh, smart and clever game designer to work yeah. against that to overcome that to still make like the the running around sense of freedom fun and interesting. Yeah. But when you combine that with a designer, uh, with a game director who has no interest in freedom or letting yeah. you do whatever you want, it's a weird who choice. Wants to tell this very, <laughs> not very well told, tell very well told, told story, cinematic story at least with the Hatham stuff. It's just it's a recipe for fucking disaster. Yeah, this game is so frustrating because it has a lot of elements that under a different hand could make could have made it a really good Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a self-contained story. It wraps up a lot. It offers up a lot of freedom. There are, like, interesting elements, you know. It, but it just is such... It's so heavy-handed. It's mm-hmm. really not very good. And what's weird is that the game goes out of its way to teach you. You have to do things exactly the way I want you to do. Yeah. And good luck trying to figure out anything but That's that. Well, here's the thing. Movie extra. The worst part of the whole game, in my opinion, what and the, what was most indicative the of how little it cared about your thoughts and feelings. You were taken to a new location you have never been to before. It is much more dense and um uh, yeah you go to new york for the first time you've never wandered through it you don't know how everything works it is entirely different from boston it's much more dense and compressed then you have a chase scene and this chase scene is a circle and if you and i thought oh fuck it's like every other chase scene in the game i had to hear after this guy but um i realized i'm like i've been past this point three times it is a chase scene where you have to even though you've never been to this place before and if you get out of sight of him for a certain amount of time you'll desynchronize or if you get out of a certain range of him you'll desynchronize that sucks you have to cut through the city which you've never seen before you have to find a shortcut and cut him off but you don't know where you are yeah you know you don't know where you're going it's one thing if you explore the city you have at least a vague notion where to go or you have a mini map that you can cheat like oh "Oh, i see there's a like a gap between they cannot let him work on assassin's it is terrible i mean that is Really. That's a bad creative decision. What's really upsetting about this game is that it's it's not... I can even forgive the bugs because... Granted, because I did not hit any that broke my game to the yeah. point where I could not play it. All of the bad things in Assassin's Creed have been clearly been someone's choice. Yeah. I chose to do this. Like the crafting, for example, what, what Justin McElroy hit against. Yes, as you meet these people, the gameplay incentive beyond the narrative incentive is that if you um, basically improve their quality of life, then they can create new things or they can get you better resources. Like the miner will be able to get copper and gold now on mm-hmm. top of yeah. lead and all this other stuff. So you're, the goal in the game is to befriend them. And abstractly, you can use those supplies to then and their skills to craft materials to sell. You build a barrel. 
You can build a barrel, but then you can make with that barrel. Well, I've got a barrel and I have some apples, so we can make cider and all this other stuff. You can make apple cider? You can. Oh, I have to get that farther. But the here's game. the thing: there are only two oh. reasons to craft. You can trade them and get money. Okay. And or you can. Which there are. Well, hold on, much. hold on. So and you can. Um, there are you'll arbitrarily meet people in cities who want certain things. They'll give you a shopping list and say, "Hey, get me these things." Yeah. You never really know why, who they are, why you want to do this for them, but it's you're going to do it for them. List, yeah. And what's really hilarious is that you could spend easily fifteen thousand dollars in game to gather up all these supplies for some of these fetch quests and get a thousand dollars in return. It is literally just something you do to check off to get yourself to one hundred percent completion. And on top of that, so with the trading. I, I was got pretty good at trading. In fact, because the game will tell me this. It's aggressively hostile towards your free time is what it is. It is. Yeah. I was in the, at one point I was in the top one percent of people making wealth by yeah, convoys. I can imagine, yeah. But the thing is is that it's not it's because I didn't waste any time or money crafting anything. I realized that the I could make the most money by telling my hunter to get me bear pelts and then just selling bear pelt to one person. The bear pelt would cost me two hundred and fifty coins or something and I could sell it for a thousand. Yeah. And I made money hand over fist. Like it was great. But like all of the crafting stuff it's like, well, I can spend a total of $700 to make these fine clothes and then sell them for 750 or worse, like 600 you know? And it's like, it just, and all you can do with the money is you can buy weapons, of course, which is worth it. You can buy clothes and you can buy maps that show you where things are and you can upgrade your ship. Really, it's a means to get money to upgrade your Don't ship. Don't you have to buy tea to replace all the tea you throw into the pasta? <laughs> Let me guess. <laughs> no, you do not. Do you just show up as yourself at the Boston Tea Party? <laughs> You know what? Is they that did? how everyone assumes? Like, oh, this is what's really weird. Indians. This is what's really weird. Uh. So the the Boston Tea Party they neatly circumvent that whole thing. By the way, yeah. no one is dressed up like anybody. Um, for those of you listening at home who are not familiar with, the, with American history, you know, the classic story is, oh, they dressed up like natives and then went and threw tea overboard. In this game, you do not, no one is dressed up like nothing. They just show up, They you do get to throw some crates overboard. Yeah. It's part of the, the, the objective of the mission. You can't have an Assassin's Creed game until like 1776 where you're not, yeah. <laughs> you're not throwing boxes. Or whatever, boxes. during the American Revolution. What's really yeah. weird is that later on in the game, they're like, oh, well, you know, we're fucking up over the natives because of their, they started this war. And I'm like, and I kept thinking, I'm like, why do they think that we started this war? war? No, 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 no. They're talking about the war, the Revolutionary War. Wait, who thinks they started? What? Like the the, the, the what? It makes it makes no sense. So it is a game. Who thinks? Oh wait, no, no, no. That was gonna be my joke. The master is about Scientology in the way that Assassin's Creed (laughs) is about racial politics in America. Who thinks the Indians started the revolution? Um, the the idea is both the patriots and loyalists who still live in America. It's dumb. This game it's was dumb. made by the French, who were just like have a basic <laughs> understanding of something happened. Oh, French know. Canadians! I mean, it's but the thing French is, French are still pissed off that the English swiped America from them. Like, there's a lot of good aspects to the, like this yeah. game could be so good. Like, the story could be so good. I actually like all the beats that it hits, and the motivations of the Templars are interesting to me. And like the way it parallels the story that's happening out in outside of the Animus, the way it parallels what's happening inside the Animus, that's all interesting. And then the way that this what happens in the game is a microcosm of what you're trying to protect because there's this whole like they, they go out of the way to say like you know like well you know like his connor's community that he builds up this family that he builds yeah. this is everything the assassins are trying to make like this community where everyone is free and like and then that's the question at the end of the game oh did they actually establish because this is actually a famous college on the north uh on, on the east coast assassin's college 
Is that actually this how it is? This pissed me off, actually. So during all these, what I was really impressed the with. The mortar has a little thing I'm gonna that hangs down the now. front, like a little uh, uh, bird's during, beak. During, <laughs> oh man, your mentor, his hat does randomly have a pointy bit at the front, yeah. the front to make it look like a little beak. It's actually yeah, kind of yeah. cute. Um, the, That's how you know I hate them as an, as an assassin. That really, because he doesn't have a hood. A, he doesn't even have a hood, even try yeah. to have a hood. And B, he doesn't have anything that, like, well, he does have little Templar. It's still too. ambiguous because at the end of the game, you get his, like, his um, stabby Hathams? thing. Yeah, you get Hatham's thingy yeah. as a memento, and it has an assassin logo on it. What? So it's like kind of assassin and took it or something. I mean, like that's, that. yeah. I guess. But um, the. Um, uh, all, what I liked about this game is that it drew in elements from all of the Assassin's Creed stuff, like including the non-game stuff. Mm-hmm. It drew in the character from Assassin's Creed Embers, which oh, is the they short show film. Up as, like... Well, they're they're aspects of the game. Yeah. Like the character from Assassin's Creed Embers is the this Russian Chinese hat? woman. Oh, now, this is a this is a comic or excuse me, a movie like a little short film that actually showed you what happens to Ezio, how he dies. And like she shows up and Ezio kind of cha- trains her, and she she has an impact on the world. And then the protagonist from the Assassin's Creed: The Fall, which were the comics, who um, was during the Russian Revolution, he does show up in the game. He's one of the villains that you fight in, oh, really? in the quote unquote real world aspects of the game. Oh, and okay. I thought it was kind of cool how they're drawing in all these elements. And I was like, oh, well, you know, Connor is setting up this farm in America. And during all the Assassin's Creed games, Ezio talks about, or excuse me, um, Connor talks about how, or not Connor. God damn it, Desmond. Yeah. Desmond talks about how there's this farm where all the assassins are, and like that's where he grew up and he escaped well, from it. And that's where they, yeah. yeah. And like then they all hang out. And like this is the farm, the farm, the farm. You hear about they all go the time. To the assassins' like, quad, oh, the assassins' cafe, Davenport, Davenport, whatever it's called, Davenport Homestead. Like this place, this farm that you're building. Wouldn't it be great if this farm that you spend this whole game building is like the foundation? No. Nope. They go to all this what? way to draw in all these elements from the world, and then I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be a great payoff. In the end, you go in the modern day, and it's just burnt ruins. <laughs> it's just rubble. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, Assassin's Creed. Why you reward 20 me? hours of my time. I like how they rewarded me for paying attention outside of the game, but not for inside of the game. Farting down your throat. No, it was like my dad died, but it was pretty So, funny. I mean, I'll, so, like, that does sound interesting. I do want to finish it and see how the rest of the game plays I out. I can't bring myself to just, recommend it. And you know what? When I have more free time and I don't have a thousand other better games to play, that what it boils yeah. down to. It's, I, I don't want to time. recommend it. This will kill <laughs> time don't. between Christmas and uh, Bioshock Infinite. That's what it boils down to. If you really like Assassin's Creed, it's interesting. And the way it... <laughs> It fucking wraps up everything in the real world, I'll tell you that. What, Does uh, what's the Liberation hilarious... character show up? Uh, Abilene? The game is supposed to be is. drawn, tied into, um, uh, assass- into this game, and I don't really see how. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, but, uh, the, um... Well, this character would be... Isn't, isn't Connor supposed to be a contemporary of Abilene's? Uh, the events of Liberation take place, I think, ten years after the events of Assassin's Creed. There is one way that she could be in the game... At the end of it, you see a slaves being sold. Yeah, because it's not like you're seeing Ezio hanging out in New Orleans or anything. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm like, well, is she supposed to be, like, those are her but parents. But she can play as a slave. Or whatever. Did we talk about this on last week's podcast? Yes. Yeah. I, I, anyway, it's it, Assassin's Creed. And there, like, there's this one, so the whole modern day aspect, arbitrarily you do all this stuff in the modern day. It's it's kind of fun in that it's mostly just free running stuff, which yeah. is kind of enjoyable. But there's this ridiculous thing where your father is taken by Abstergo. So you're like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go you? take into uh, your yeah, Desmond. Yeah. So Desmond has to go break into Abstergo. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it'd be a great opportunity to be stealthy and everything. It is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Because literally, 
Desmond goes in and walks in the front door. <laughs> like, literally. And it's, you know, it's the same, it's actually the same compound where you were trapped in the first that game. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly, so it's like yeah. you recognize all also the. That's a great way to the, reuse yeah. the assets and stuff. And what's, yeah. and what's so funny is, like, you literally just walk in the front door and they're like, and people are looking at you funny. I'm like, yeah, they are. Like, you literally just fight your way up to the top of as the. As Desmond, do you ever as play Desmond. as an assassin? Like, yeah, you're killing. Stuff? You're killing people. And stuff. Do, you have, do you have a blade? You have a blade. Yeah, that's okay. all you have. In fact, the that's as, the only thing I want at least for five minutes. Play as assassin as 2012s. Yeah, play as Desmond as 2012s. Cross, who's the character from The Fall, actually makes fun of Desmond. He's like, "This is seriously, you can use a gun to, to, to shoot him." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. kind of great, actually. But yeah, Desmond so has the literally, hoodie and everything. yeah, yeah. Okay, you that's, that's really all I want. You just see. walk in the front door, kill everybody, walk into Vidic's office, and what's great is that there's this whole scene where like. You fought your way up, tooth and nail, up this tower, fighting just with your little blade, and people are shooting at you. You're just fighting with your blade, fighting your blade. You get to the top, and then he's like, he's like, give me the apple, and I'll free your father. It's like that's why he was like, you know, yeah. we'll make a trade. And 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 Desmond goes, okay, and hands out the apple, and then goes, what? Like tricks you and activates the apple and kills everybody. And I'm like, why don't you just fucking walk in the front door? You have this nuclear device <laughs> at the start where you can Does use it like to control everybody. No, because it. You, with the apple, you can control people. Oh. So you go through and you do this whole sequence where you're just fucking So the alien shit is all wound up and everything, too? It is... I'm not going to say it's... The end of the world is resolved. Oh, okay. The ending... What's interesting... Well, if we're... If the, if the, the Earth has been seeded by aliens, that's not going to change not, or stop happening at the end of the game. Not, it's that's not... That's like, not... That's... that's the, the first civilization is dead. Yay! That's, I mean, that's that's how it is in all the Assassin's Creed oh, yeah, games. No, You're dealing no. with remnants of them. Yeah. But what's interesting is that the end of Assassin's Creed 3 is... I can only imagine that during the whole Mass Effect 3 ending controversy, the team in Assassin's Creed were fucking shitting themselves. Because the ending of Assassin's Creed 3 is almost identical to the ending Are you of, a of Mass Effect 3. Well, it's your character is present, put in this situation. Oh, is so it like an alien hey, from a pre-existing pre culture shows up yeah. and is all like... Thanks for taking the rest of my sentence, Bill. No, I just realized that what that means, though. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like you go, and there's this there's this global Spoilers threat. For Assassin's Creed and Mass Effect 3, that Yeah. There's this global, there's this inter, there's this threat that no one knows about, yeah. but it's threatening it's everybody. Threat, yeah. And uh, you, using wow. the remnants of technology from a previous civilization, you have two choices to either to save everyone or enslave everyone. The difference is, is that it's Assassin's Creed 3, it's a heavily scripted game. You don't get to make that choice. Desmond makes the choice in the narrative for you. It's a cutscene, which is interesting. I mean, that's one way to solve the Mass Effect 3 problem. But yeah. the, the world that it sets up is much... I'm really fucking curious to see what they do with it. At least right a lot of Turtles freedom. time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and the, actually, the final cutscene, what they do is at the, when, at the end, they show you the, the choice that you could make. They show you a cutscene that shows what that would result in. Yeah. Which would essentially result in Desmond becoming Jesus Christ. It's actually kind of a cool scene. Hmm. And it was a neat way to handle it, and uh, I enjoyed the ending, but it was funny because it was like pretty much exactly the end of Mass Effect 3. Do you think we could have an Assassin's Creed game that takes place during the like biblical age? Though they're never going to go back that far, but do you think they... A big theme... What would you do in that, like... Well, a big theme of Mass Effect... Because that would actually be cool. Or like, Creed, the Romans? A big theme of Assassin's Creed is um, religion and governments manipulating and controlling people. Yeah. Like, that is, you know... Not to say, I mean, you... you yeah. I don't think people would be happy if you made uh, Jesus Christ an assassin. 
No. He would just be the guy. That's way too much of an Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter sort of trick. He would just be the guy who you keep on your farm who turns water into wine and you have to go get more water. (laughs) So you can trade. You can trade him up. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's, see what's really frustrating is Assassin's Uh, Creed 3 could be a good game. I would not even say a decent game. But instead, the only thing that interrupts the mediocrity is tedium. It's really bad. I cannot endorse it at all. Well, you so people were asking you online whether or not you should like. Who was asking you on Twitter whether or not they should go out and buy the game? And you were like, no, don't buy it for sixty don't. bucks. It's don't. not a sixty dollars. Yeah, game. Matt. Matt was asking. Even I, I don't even regret buying it for sixty bucks. I just have to wait till the game get patched so I can keep on playing it. I don't know. If, I mean, these these a lot of these bugs. Like I said, they're gameplay decisions. Yeah. It's like, there's only so much. Like, this game, even if all the quote-unquote bugs are patched, will make it no more playable. Man. It is a bad game. It is, I, I mean, I've played games and I'm like, oh, this game wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. No, it's a bad Assassin's game. Creed 3 That's is a bad game. Reviews, cause people are giving it, like, Well, it's because like there are a lot of, and... there are some neat ideas in it. And the way they deal with the central themes of Assassin's Creed is interesting. And, like, but... there's, and so there are some gameplay elements that are fun. But, the maze, but it's bad. The maze on a Pac-Man game, the power pellets, the yeah. ones that turn into an invincible Pac-Man, they could be the most delicious power pellets. <laughs> but if all the little baby yeah. pellets between those big power pellets yeah. are made of dog shit, yeah. that does not make that a good meal. Yeah. It is, it is. Oh my god! It is so bad. I wonder bad. if a lot of the positive reviews really are bad. people just kind of blowing through the game as quickly as possible, not really paying attention to the funky parts and kind of like bypassing all some like the dodgy. Maybe some of the dodge. Well, I and know. I will say this: like the one, there's a chase sequence at the end of the game that I failed. I'm not kidding about 15 times. You were talking about that. And I well, well this is a different was, one. This oh, is this is why I'm you, late. Last week you were talking about something that. This is why I'm late because I spent 30 minutes on one chase scene, progressing maybe about I'm gonna say running for about four seconds. Was this in New failing? York? Uh, no. Okay. Progress, progressing four seconds, failing, watching a three-second cutscene. Wow. Well, that's failing. the other thing. There's only, like, one checkpoint in every mission. That's right at the beginning. Like, yeah. it's not like even missions checkpoint. Like, bad game design. It's really Whoever bad Whoever directed design. this game did a bad job. Well, what's interesting is that this whole game is an example of story dictating pacing and yeah. and, 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 as opposed, and then gameplay coming afterwards. So you'll do a lot of things in this game that are not fun, are not interesting, are not difficult or challenging, but you have to do them because the game tells you to. Yeah. It's such a weird... It's There's so no sense of agency. There's no kind of and play. I, I love story. So if your game is a slave to your story and someone who loves story hates it, you fucked up, son. Yeah. You fucked up. So Dishonored's better than Assassin's Creed 3, Dishonored obviously. is empirically better than Assassin's Creed. And, and you know what? I will say that playing Assassin's Creed on that's, the heels of Dishonored is the worst part. That's one of the reasons why I can't even... Like, I had a hard time even judging whether or not... Until the bugs started breaking down my game, I had a hard time ju- even judging for myself whether or not it was a bad game or I it just it was coming off badly yeah. in the wake of Dishonored, yeah. which is a game that's all about and choice. fun and player choice. Yeah. Even though that's the opposite thing, because you know, Assassin, the Assassin's Creed games take place in a big sandbox world. Yeah. Or o- open, you know, big open world. And, uh, but with the things you have to do with that, in that yeah. world are very linear. Yeah. Um, Dishonored's the opposite in that it's a very linear world. Every, you know, the world's broke up into very specific stages, which yeah. are pretty much deranged as obstacle, very linear obstacle courses. But the, the, the things that you're allowed to do within that obstacle course, you're given yeah. a whole, uh, 
you're given a whole just like just toy chest of yeah. things of, of of abilities and toys you can play with just yeah. to achieve the just to get the end of that. And you can do what and you want just, to do, yeah. As opposed to what the designer wants. And that's to do. what Mass Effect needs more of that. Not not or just like linear. We're trying to tell. Yeah. yeah, we're not just trying to tell a movie in a video game. What's it's really just... like basically with Assassin's Creed, every game ups the ante like in terms of things you can do and may not want to do. Yeah. It's kind of like you go to an ice cream bar and it's like, oh, I can do whatever topping I want. I want all the toppings, and in the end, you're just left with this grotesque mess yeah. like why did i do this as you eat it all am i perfect like they like i said assassin's creed 4 they gave themselves carte blanche to hit the fucking reset button and do whatever the fuck well, they want with next gen hardware they give themselves a little bit like instead of trying to make have an assassin's creed out for in time for the launch next year hopefully oh, they take to. a year off they're i know it's and it's hopefully and hopefully they don't don't keep the same shitty director hopefully they bring that in some fresh blood Oh, God. But, yeah, I am not but looking forward to Assassin's Creed 4. I Holy am, shit. just because, like I said, they, they, they resolved everything. But if so it's they the can same go director, fuck anywhere. that shit. It can't be the same director. It literally can't if they're trying to come out with it annually. Well, you think if it's annually, they already have an... It's, the it's, the it's next game is already happening. Yeah. It should be just getting out of pre-production phases right now and going yeah. into production so it can be done for this time next year. Yeah. Well, hopefully, they like Ubisoft has the uh, Call of Duty thing uh, going on. Uh, Call of Duty thing going on where it's uh, Team A and Team B kind yeah. of switching off every other year. Who the hell knows if that's actually happening? Fuck! It's like, I felt like this game, they really tried to pack in everything that is Assassin's Creed without yeah. necessarily, like, all the auxiliary stuff and then adding more auxiliary stuff without focusing on what, at its core, makes Assassin's Creed good. Yeah. Like, they focus more on the, the toppings than on the ice cream. And I'm hoping that, like, they, but they packed in so much. I'm hoping, and they and they finished it all off. I'm hoping that now, like, you Well, know. now they have a chance to re, if they really wanted to take the time, they have the chance to reinvent the goddamn series. And they, they have a chance to reinvent it on a narrative level. Like, it looks like they've kind of, like I said, I hate to speak too much of literally, like, there's maybe three sentences in, a ga- in the epilogue and a new gameplay mechanic and mm-hmm. one new option. But what those, that gameplay mechanic and what those options foretell is an interesting, like, variation on what you can historically do in Assassin's Creed games. Okay, yeah. So I'm really, like, they've given themselves a lot of ground to just burn it all and start from scratch. Like, everything from, the like, the modern day and the history aspects, they can do something totally different. Like, I really... I really want to talk to someone about the ending, but the thing is, is that the the difference between Assassin's Creed 3 and Mass Effect 3 is not enough people are going to get to the ending of Assassin's Creed 3 to have a conversation about it, because the game is terrible. It is not fun. If I were playing Halo 4 right now, I'd be much more tempted to, like, just it is the least... try to blow my way through Assassin's Creed 3 or try to, like, get work around the bugs to, to finish it so we could talk about it. It is the it, but... least fun video game I have played in a long time. Yeah. But I, you know what? I played it all. I ate all that turd. <laughs> I ate it all. And then afterwards, I'm like, well, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> As you Jesus. wipe the shit off your lips. like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the worst. I'm a dumb ass. But mm. yeah, Assassin's Creed, man. Who would have thought that this Assassin's Creed game would be that bad? But like I said, it seems like they burnt it to the ground. Yeah. And you know what? I hope they do it. I hope they do it. Not unlike the in Assassin's a perfect world. <laughs> in a perfect world, like this would be... Let's say three years, three years before the next Assassin's Creed game, they they learn their lessons from this one. They tear their views. They get they get working on it, and they just start from scratch. They should do is take it, take a couple of years off, make another Prince of Persia game. That would bring be that perfect. poor fucking series back, man, and Prince just like Prince. give like oh my god, what they need they need to find someone else who could be like who's the guy who originally invented uh, 
Assassin's Creed. You talked about this guy at length. No, but I think Assassin's I Creed know. needs a director. Not it does just need a creative, it needs a creative person that helps. It needs an Amy Hennig. Yeah. Somebody that who is has what a this vision game. for the series, yeah. who can help it evolve from title to title, yeah. who is involved in the story, and and who is a good enough writer and has good enough story sensibilities to come up with great characters like Ezio, mm-hmm. where it's not just like parkour, parkour, stab, 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 but it's fun characters you want to play with and interact with, yeah. who is an interest in history, who can weave these stories into history in interesting ways. Yeah. And, Cause basically but you're you... not going to get that through, through a committee or by mm-hmm. hiring shitheads like the guy who directed Army of Two. The end of this Assassin's Creed game, you look at the events that happen. Oh, this is true of all, like with Lucy's death. It's been so transparent what? that no one has been at the helm. Well, she died what? at the end of the last game, motherfucker. What? Like, it's been so transparent that things just happen because why not? Stuff, yeah. Well, we, something's just gotta happen stuff. in the end of the So then game. you're like, why did I bother with all of this development or that moment? Or why well, did all these things like, matter? Uh, between the goodwill they kind of squandered with the last Assassin's Creed game with Revelations last year. with Not, not that was a terrible game, but I think that they... I think uh, they overestimated demand for yet another Assassin's Creed game last year. Dude, it's this game sold like hotcakes. Assassin's Creed Three. Yeah. No, but it's like, but just critically, and like you talk to most people online, most people are pretty lukewarm on on Revelations. Yeah. And you talk to most people, I online, thought it was mediocre. Uh, Assassin's but Creed Three sold a lot of copies, and but most people don't seem to be digging that either. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's one of those things where maybe the sit, like the sales haven't dwindled as much as people's appreciation for the series has, but it's it's heading towards that downward spiral where yeah. sales are going to catch oh, up sooner it's, or later. It's in, it, this is the downward spiral. Yeah. Like I said, Revelations, I enjoyed, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And this game is bad. It's it act- is just bad. Well, no, it's, it's actually, yeah, like I said, it's actually... This is the worst game I've It's antagonistic towards the player yeah. in terms of like their free like, time. You want to have fun? And, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this game. I actually, like, this is the first game in a long time where I was just pure grinding. Like, I was like, I gotta make some money. I gotta upgrade my ship. And so I was doing chores while my trade routes are going on. This is ridiculous. I'm just doing it because I'm like, why, why not? And this game's bad. It is bad. You know what game was good? Halo 4. Halo 4. Tell me about Halo 4, Bill. Halo 4 is surprisingly good. You, uh, have, you were shitting on it on Twitter. You're like, oh, we're like Halo 3.5. Oh, well, no, that's what it is because, well, it's the first Halo game that's not made by the guys who yeah. who invented uh, Halo, Bungie. Bungie. Uh, what happened was, I guess in the wake of when Microsoft bought, was it Rare? Mm-hmm. They, they paid, like, was it like $150 million for Rare? And uh, the reason they did that, because Rare, back in the day, Nintendo 64, GameCube era, uh, Rare was the next best thing to Nintendo in terms of making, like, third-person uh, third platformers and stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, Rare spent this when uh, spent a shitload of money to buy Rare uh, away from Nintendo and essentially make them their own in-house Nintendo team. That didn't work out because half the people, uh, most of the people who were Rare eventually left uh, either they had left uh, before uh, the the studio got sold to Microsoft, or they left after the studio got sold to Microsoft, and the the rare became kind of a shell of itself, and the games were terrible, except for uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. That game was fantastic, and so I guess there was a chance of uh, that happening with Bungie, where uh, you know at the beginning of the Xbox era, uh, Microsoft bought Bungie and said, "Hey, you're gonna be you're gonna make Halo games for us full time from from now on. You're you're part of our." our company and uh so i guess uh bungie made a, bu- a you know like bunch of uh, halo games and i guess it got to the point where they're like you know what we're getting kind of tired of making uh halo games can we do I something else uh yeah because it, like it's been a better part of a decade can we do something else and i guess microsoft was like no you make halo 
And uh, so I guess Bungie, they made the offer to say, hey, you know what? If you let us go, we'll let you keep the Halo brand. Otherwise, you're probably going to be seeing a lot of people leave like what happened with Rare. Mm-hmm. Where you're going to own us in name only, but the people who make these games, who make these games like anything anyone wants to play, they're going to be gone and you're going to have this other empty shell. And so I guess yeah, that that was a really big surprise when, like, I think it was about five years ago that it was announced that Bungie, despite being bought by Microsoft, was buying itself back and becoming a free agency again. And that they're going to go off and make a, a, a non-Halo games for other platform holders. And so, but before leaving, part of the agreement uh, uh, that Microsoft agreed to would be that a couple of Bungie people would remain behind and Microsoft would be allowed to create its own team to create more Halo games. And so this is the first Halo game created by that new team, uh, 343 Industries, which, like I said, is captained by one or two old Bungie guys, but the rest is a brand new team. And so for the last, like, three or four years, they've been spending supposedly a shitloads of money just to build this new team and build this brand new Halo game, and everyone's really wary to see how good this game is because the, uh, the Halo games are a huge tentpole franchise in the yeah. world of video games. And also this being the first numbered Halo game since Call of Duty kind of came in, yeah. And ate Halo's cheesecake. Yeah. And uh, everyone was kind of like, eh, this, this, this could be a train wreck. And uh, I was kind of disappointed when the first trailers came out and showed you the the, uh, the end of the last uh, numbered Halo game ended with the big war that all the Halo games are about ending. Yeah. Because uh, the, the, the Halo games, you're about the humanities fighting this uh, conglomeration of alien species known as the government, the uh, the, the not the government. The, the covenant. covenants. Mm-hmm. I can't speak. I've been my tongue before. And so, but then the, the war ends. Yeah. But Master Chief, he's like stuck at the end of space, at the uh, a far end of the galaxy, away from like uh, away from the covenant, away from this war that's ending, away from mm-hmm. humanity, and uh, just he's kind of left frozen in stasis. And you know what's going to happen to him. And so you know, like with Halo Four, whatever's going to happen to him, it's going to be some kind of new adventure. Yeah. Like he, like he's at the end of the end of the galaxy. There, it's he's going to have to be fighting new aliens or something because he's just you know he's far away from everything. The first trailer comes out. He's fighting the Covenant again. <laughs> it's like what? It's like if they, they came out with a new Star Wars movie about like uh, Han Solo and, and Luke Skywalker, and it's like we're still fighting Darth Vader. We're still fighting the Emperor. Like yeah. wait, that just ended in the last yeah. movie. What's going on? Yeah. It's, it's it, but it's a video game version of that. And uh, so that's why I was like, mm, that sounds kind of dodgy. Uh-huh. And uh, it turns out the game was pretty good. What they really did, the three four three industries. They kind of came up with some bullshit excuses as to... Largely, I'm only about half a dozen missions in the game, and it is largely a remake of the first Halo game, in that Master Chief, he's in stasis on this uh, spaceship that's crash-landed on this alien world, where the Covenant have followed him for some reason from clear across the galaxy to this alien world where they're looking for some kind of ancient artifact on the planet, and Master Chief is trying to... There's a human rescue team that's come to try to rescue him from this planet, and he's trying to hook up with these guys and stuff. But it's, it's story-wise, it's kind of a lame cop-out where they tried to reintroduce all the email elements from the old Halo game when they had a chance to reinvent the series. Yeah. Because Master Chief ends at the end, edge of the galaxy, go off to other planets, fight new aliens and shit like that, you're fighting the same guys again. But they, how much of a risk is it to reinvent a series? Well, then? it sounds like... Part of the thing that's is... A, I mean, that's a fucking hard thing. It sounds like these guys wanted to prove that they can make a Halo game. So they yeah. brought back as many elements as they could from the previous games. Just to say... And, and everyone agrees, like all the reviews. I was really surprised uh, to see that the re- everyone was saying this is the best Halo game yet. In yeah, terms that's of the what I keep The best design and stuff. Everyone seems to agree, uh, and I uh, I concur. This is what I was talking about. Where In terms of plot-wise, in terms of the plot and story, it really is just like Halo 3.5, where it's just kind of like... 
this half-assed continuation of the last game. It's not bad, but it's just kind of like, it's not as daring as story-wise as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but although supposedly Bill. by the end of this game, I know it's a Halo game. What did I expect? <laughs> but they had a chance to go, again. They had a chance to completely reinvent the franchise this time, and uh, I guess Microsoft and uh, Three Fourth Industries did not want to take that risk. But it's good. I mean, they 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 did a good job of making a better Halo game that Bungie themselves made. Which I was complaining about this on Twitter, and uh, David Ellis, who works on these games, yeah. he was like, he tweeted at me. He's like, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sure a lot of people are complaining that we've changed too too much stuff, and I felt like yeah. an asshole because I was saying it's a good game. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of a it's a kind of a backhanded compliment to say. Oh, you you you've made this game that's only as good as these other pillars of yeah. gaming history. I was gonna say that's I think that's pretty fucking. So yeah, it, it's it's a good game. It's definitely worth the sixty bucks. Uh, even the multiplayer stuff, which you know, the there's one thing to even talk about the campaign mode, but the multiplayer, which is the reason why real reason why half the people buy these games to actually buy it. Uh, they really kind of flesh that out, and that's still kind of fun and crazy. But um, yeah, no, it, it's good. It's technically a lot better than the old uh, in, in in terms of the. Yeah, it's technically much more well put together than other uh, Bungie games. Bungie character, like human characters in old Bungie games, yeah. they had like clay face. They always yeah. had kind of scary eyeballs. They were never very good with human characters. This game has really good acting. Like the whole game actually starts off with uh, the human lady who invented the robot, hot naked robot chick in these games, Cortana. It's like an old version of her and she's talking. And I guess it's actually rendered real time. I thought it was a pre rendered video, mm-hmm. but supposedly it's rendered real time using the game engine. And it looks really fucking sharp. And uh, human characters look great. The environments look fantastic. This is one of the few video games I've ever seen where the game looks like what the concept art should have been. Where it's like, because, um, yeah. you know, you're you're traveling across this huge, uh, instead of like a big Halo ring world like you were in the first uh, couple Halo games, you're now on this giant like Dyson sphere, this hollow artificial planet. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's great. Like, you'll go into these. The game is fantastic about having, putting you into... Um, kind of like a narrow, tight little space, and you open a door, and it's only like you'll be in this vast room yeah. that is like like cathedral space of like you yeah. just want to look up like giant like vertical spaces with like god lights coming down, mm-hmm. and there might not even be any action or anything like that, but it's nice quiet space of like really great architecture. The graphics are really sharp. The lighting is fantastic. Just like the the art direction of the light, like how they play with light and shadow is just really pretty. For, awesome. a, for a science fiction military shooter, this game is prettier than it has any right to be. Yeah. There's all kinds of extra crazy glowy Tron mm-hmm. lighting effects and stuff. But uh, but yeah, the gameplay, you're shooting uh, bad dudes. Yeah. You're killing bad dudes. Multiplayer, guess what? You're shooting bad dudes. More guys appear and you shoot them. Multiplayer, you do have a mech suit. Which, that's new for Halo. That's fantastic. Yeah, I played, before this podcast started, I played maybe five seconds of Halo multiplayer, and I went, Yeah, no. you know that I you know, always forget you, how much I dislike you shooters. You just long enough to change my controller configurations <laughs> and then shut down the Xbox. <laughs> oh, but, uh, da 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 Yeah, that, that, that's kind of like, uh, there's not much to say other than Halo 4. Like, well, I'm only about maybe a quarter through the game. I'm playing on uh, one of the harder difficulties, mm-hmm. so it's kind of slow going because instead of just being a little blaze through the matches, you really have to be, um, you have to be really Methodical. smart, like yeah, yeah. kind of tactical when you're fighting and stuff. And I did get the part where you do fight new guys. It's not just the Covenant; you're fighting the Prometheans again. This is another alien. Uh, this is another science fiction story where they talk about like alien races being the Prometheans, kind of like yeah. Prometheus and stuff, yeah. um, or the Protheans. The Protheans. <laughs> 
right? Uh, you know what they call it's him already... in Assassin's Creed? What? The, the, the first civilization, right? They call, keep calling him First Civ as shorthand. Maybe it pisses me off every what? time. Just it sounds so dumb. <laughs> first Civ. Do they call you know, him the first, first Civ? Civ? No. Oh, okay. It's what all the cool kids call him. Oh. Oh, you know what I forgot about? I'm gonna for once I'm gonna derail what you're saying and make yeah. it about something I'm interested in. I that's pretty much it. Other than the fact that Halo, there's only three. You wouldn't let me. There's a robot. <laughs> there's a robot dog and a robot butterfly and a robot dude. We get that's a robot butterfly. Yeah, he 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 protects the robot knights. Those are the new alien characters. What? There's only three of them. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, now I'm distracted. It's a robot butterfly. <laughs> thing for one it's Halo. What do you want me to say? It's Halo, Jake. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about Jake. It's I uh, what, I used to follow the Uncharted tag on Tumblr. You used to? Well, I don't anymore because it's really not. What made me sad is that there's some tags that are all, that are full of interesting content. Like there's lots of fan art and stuff. Like um, for like, example, Cora, like Legend of Cora ta- Tumblr tag is pretty good. It's like mostly new content. The un- the Uncharted um, tag on Tumblr is mostly just people like taking pictures of their, like, literally pictures of their game box. Like, I'm so excited to play Uncharted. Or apparently there's just a song. Because it's not like there's a new Uncharted game that came out that people no. should be taking pictures yeah. of, of the Or game just, box, like, text-only so. posts. Or, at best, like, a pic- screenshots of the game that have had a few filters later. So Uncharted Scott has a pretty gimpy fan. Well, then. it's like, I wanted, I'm like, where's all the fan art and yeah, stuff? Yeah, they like have characters. The re- what stopped me from following the Uncharted tag on Tumblr was there was this one person, and God bless you if you're listening, <laughs> Their ship, of all the ships in video games, they shipped Sean Hastings from uh, Assassin's Creed. He is the British guy who writes your codex entries. Does he survive at the end of that game? Did you say, does he die at the end of the game? Does he die at the end of the game? (laughs) You don't see him die. I'll say that. You do not see his body. But this person, all they would do is they would take pictures of, of, of Sean Hastings... And and um, screenshots of, of of Drake, where they're kind of looking off camera in the same direction, so it looks like they're looking at each other, and there'd inevitably be all these Photoshop filters over it, and then there'd be like song lyrics about their relationship, like what? fans do, and it was just wave after every time. I mean, it got to the point where like every single page of ten entries of Uncharted would be at least one or two of these, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Fandom is cute, but that's I, the I, dumbest I didn't ship. Want, I didn't want to tell people, but I'm really into Garrus from Mass Effect and. Toad from Mario Brothers. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's not. I think that is just as. I'll take Justin Bieber lyrics <laughs> and paint them on the side of my van. I have done dumb shit in <laughs> that fandom. That's great cross game shipping. That's very Wreck It Ralph, right there, <laughs> isn't it? Though. Well, fucking adorable. Well, adorable. Sean, you think Sean Hastings? Who's the Who's the meat lunkhead from Assassin's Uncharted Three? The The English guy disappears. Charlie Cutter. The, Charlie Cutter. You think it'd I be Charlie Sean Cutter. Hastings and Charlie Cutter because they're both English? You've got the surly Brit. <laughs> now we're gonna talk the, about Uncharted. Everybody, it's take like a drink. Peep show. The um I however I wish that I just discovered an Uncharted fan artist that I wish I had discovered like. A year ago? At the, at the dawn of your Uncharted. Jesus Christ. Yeah, why? There's this one lady. I don't know her name. It starts with an A. She does the best Uncharted fan art I have ever seen in my life. I kind of by wish... The, by the best, you mean don't mean just anatomically correct. There's tracked, so much of it. you have masturbated no, 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 no. to it. <laughs> Not quite, but I'm sure my wife has Pretty almost... Pretty goddamn close. We'll put you in the mood to masturbate. My, my, yeah. wife, my wife was so funny because it was we were in our new office. It was one of the first days we were in our new office. And the way our office is oriented, um, we're back to back. And I can kind of see... <laughs> I have an old... Oh, just like Jennifer Connelly and... <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> 
Um, I can see my my. I have an old iMac that's dying, and yeah. the surf the screen is super reflective. Oh, you were telling me about how you, so I can see yeah. what she's looking at, and Aww. she's looking at this woman draws pictures of Elena and Chloe, not necessarily making out, but obviously in a veiled romantic context. Out. Yeah, and fully was fully was so funny. She was like, she just learned there was a man on the moon. She was like, I never thought of that. What? She's just scrolling by. What? Yeah, I don't think I ever really what? thought about that either. I hadn't either. Yeah, but. No, she draws really. In, in that she doesn't necessarily ship them or anything like that. What kind of she draws? Um, just I'll, oh, you I'm have to let to me find know so it. We can put a link in the show notes. She's yeah. so good, and she does so much of it because she's involved with um, online role play, and so she does a lot of really great. What do you mean role play? Like, like where I'm a character, not like sexual role play. Well, you're talking about how she draws really erotic That's, fan art. It's not erotic. It's just awesome. You're just you're just interpreting it as erotic. No, my point is that my wife was like, Andy, what is the fourth most most erotic <laughs> Disney movie? Is, Wait, what's the second, Phil? Uh, the first one is Mary Poppins. <laughs> the second one is... Peach Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Apple Dumpling Gang. Don Knotts! I have to oh. find... I have to find this lady. Yeah, we, can't, we can't end the segment of the podcast until you find this, this lady and read off the URL. This podcast is going to be derailed as I look through <laughs> my Tumblr favorites. Wish oh I favorited less menswear and try and find this lady. I, I tumbled a picture that you drew of Chloe. Yeah. That was her. Where is she? God damn it. Did she do digital art? Yeah, it's all oh, digital. Okay. So on this audio podcast... <laughs> I'm going to track down this thing to show to Bill. I have to show podcast. this to Bill. I have to show it to Bill. Bill You're going to show me a picture. Bill, fuck you. <laughs> Can I at least look up a naked... Oh, you know what? We talked about... I got to talk about Skyfall. I didn't get to talk about Dana Craig's butt. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill classically loves Daniel Craig's butt. Bill, please He's tell got me. He's a great butt. Tell me about that. Is, did you get to see his naked butt? He has a nice butt on the Cowboys vs. Aliens poster. That's all I'm saying. Do you, you get to see, see his it. naked butt? No, I don't think he gets gets naked throughout the whole Aww. thing. Oh no, he's naked for ten seconds. He's rolling around in a bed in the Caribbean with a lady. Okay, I hope with a lady. That's it. Yeah. Oh no, I'm so bad. With Felix Leader. <laughs> With Javier Bardem, I don't know how you say his name. Is yeah. it Javier? He 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 does cock slap uh, Judy Dench a couple times. <laughs> but so it's, Phil, you made it's it all off camera. You made a disparaging statement earlier. Do you not think that Judy Dench is hot? No, I'm just saying, but she's 90 years old. So I think who who played Mary Poppins? <laughs> Judy, not Judy Dench. Judy Dench is Mary Poppins, where she's not even kind of like the prim, attractive young lady, but she's just Julie old and Andrews. Pentagon. Her name, her Tumblr name is Avali, A-V-A-L-I dot Tumblr dot com. Save that so I can put she that in the show She draws good What's shit. What's the most erotic picture? What's your it's favorite not, picture? It's not necessarily I erotic. I want to see what, it's just really what good. moves Annie's pipes. It does not move my pipes. They're just really good. It just gets me so excited because it's there's a lot of shitty fan art. You know, God bless. And is I've, it mostly I've Elena made... Chloe stuff? Or is no, it like... see, she has no ships. She just draws a lot of, like, she, the reason, way I found her is that she drew some great Charlie Cutter art. I found that raid. I oh no! I was like looking on Tumblr tags. I'm like maybe Tumblr tags will make me less disappointed if I get really specific. Yeah. So I did a search for Charlie Cutter and I found her art, and all of a sudden my day became so much better. Aw. Shit! What I gotta saying? find it. I'm trying to find. Less Show gifts. me the picture. Less gifts, more drawings. <laughs> That's what uh, I say. Internet, to, internet. I'm gonna entertain you while she's looking at stuff. <laughs> oh, the Hansel and Gretel trailer. Have you seen the full length Hansel and Gretel trailer? Uh. Uh. Okay, do you agree with me that she is hot as the sun? Who? The one who plays Gretel. 
Isn't she hot as the sun? She's the best part of Quantum of Solace, uh, going back to James Bond, because she plays uh, Agent Strawberry What's Fields. her name? Gemma Arterton? Is that what her name? What else has she been in? She, she was, she was in the Prince of Persia movie. I, I've only seen her in the Bond movie, and she looks like a baby duckling. <laughs> Which, I have a hard time, uh, despite uh, baby ducklings appearing in the 6th, 7th, and ninth most erotic <laughs> Disney movies, I have a hard time getting off on baby ducklings. Here, I can't find her art, but she drew, she drew that. She's a really oh, good artist. Oh, she's good. Yeah. Oh, uh, for people at home who can't see it, this is a picture of uh, Femme Shep. <laughs> Just riding Garrus's penis. Oh <laughs> my god. He's got two penises. Or a picture of Holly a, on a phone. There's or a penis. Of, uh, Chloe Garris on phone. has two penises and one is is in her her uh, 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 her uh, uh, poop shoot. <laughs> is that all I I want to leave. <laughs> I leave. That's the end of one else. Why don't you start talking about, <laughs> start talking about Fem Chef's poop shoot? <laughs> Oh, God, we're going to talk more about Pem Fem Chef's poop shoot in a bit. we got to come back to the geek. Friends, do you, have any, no, do you have any, Bill, are you done? Are you done? No, 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 I just want to say the Hansel and Gretel trailer is yeah. so good. That makes that movie look so impossibly <laughs> awesome that it cannot, I will not see it now. It's my new, I'm pretty it's sure. It's my new Pony Tang. Because when the movie Pony Tang came out, it had a fucking, I saw that trailer and shit myself laughing because I was like, there cannot be a movie about a, a black guy who beats people with a belt who just talks nonsense for two straight hours. And are that... you talking about that stupid... Um, are you talking about Pootie Tang? Or are you Pootie talking Tang. about that Black Snake I'm mom? talking about Pootie Tang. <laughs> Written and directed just... by Louis C.K.? Yeah! Black Snake Moan? <laughs> well, that's the only... When you say a black man talking nonsense and beating a person with a belt, that's that what first... happens to Black Snake That Moan? was what the trailer made it look like. Did you see I've that? never seen Pootie Tang with a trailer. Isn't that, isn't that where Emily Adams gets, like, raped <laughs> yeah. by Mace Windu? Apparently not. Anyway, Pootie Tang. So, Pootie Tang was, I was like, I made myself a solemn promise that I would not ruin <laughs> the, perf- the, the, the perfect enjoyment I had of watching, like, the, the, the two-minute-long Pootie Tang trailer. That I've never actually seen the movie Pootie Tang. You know? I have such fond memories of, of, of the trailer. And the movie can never live up to what the trailer was. You know was. how you know that Hansel and Gretel movie is going to be really good? What's that? They put it on the shelf for a year and a half. <laughs> I know, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and on top of that... What's her butt who plays the evil witch in that movie? What's her name? She was in the X-Men movies. Yeah, she's a uh, Famke Jansen. Yeah. I, didn't know she, I had no idea she was in that, so she's I saw the She's the trailer. evil witch, and she admitted, someone asked her, why did you do this movie? And she said, mortgage, I have a mortgage to pay. But no. To, okay, guys, uh-huh. Bill, I'm going to ask you right now that you put us the header picture. I'm going to send you a picture of Gemma Arterton in her leather suit, and... I need to sit down when I look at that picture. You posted any if you haven't noticed every other of our header photos. <laughs> it's a beautiful brown haired white lady. <laughs> we had nothing if not consistent. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
Banana split split screen mode. Let them eat cake, but watch out for jawbreakers, cherry bombs, sweet seekers, and the sugar crash. Sugar Rush Speedway. Play the sweet new game only at Litwax Arcade on Route 83. Offering four free quarters on your birthday. Proof of birthday required. All right, friends, after that mu musical interlude, uh, I took the chance Technically, to... Technically, it's not going to be a musical interlude. You'll see when we listen to the podcast. Oh, should I say... It's still going to be a 30-second slice of entertainment, but you'll see what oh, it is. Oh, Lord, Bill, what the hell you have It plans? has music in it. We'll see. Um, so I anyway, have recorded after, a fart orchestra. <laughs> after that 30 <laughs> seconds of whatever Bill just put in there, um, we're back for the Geek Cook Review. I also took a moment to spoil Bill on the ending of Yeah, this, no, we actually just Assassin's had a half-hour spoiler cast by ourselves <laughs> of the Assassin's Creed 3 ending. Um, yeah. yeah, ultimately, like I was saying, Bill, the uh, Assassin's Creed ending, 3 ending, even though that game was really bad, made me really hopeful for the next Assassin's Creed game because they can do whatever the fuck they want now, which is great. We'll actually be talking about uh, at the after the uh, Keep Week Review, we're going to be talking about uh, Brian Smith just wrote us an email about Assassin's Creed stuff too. So, so unfortunately, we'll, we'll be talking about the that. future of the Assassin's Creed series after the Geek Week Review. So we'll go on to the Geek Week Review. Friends, here's a thing that happened this week that we barely touched on. Yeah, we kind of forgot about this. Barack Obama kind of got reelected president. Uh, just a little bit. He only kind of crushed uh, fucking, what's his name? Mitt Romney. That's the best part of this. We don't have to think about Mitt Romney He's ever gone. again. Bill, Supposedly, what were you doing he on? was really convinced that he was going to win. Of course he was. I mean, you don't run for president thinking, well, maybe I can win. But supposedly he was like fucking devastated. Like, yeah. he, the, like he'd like he th he, th he thought he thought he was a fucking lock. Did you see that? Only thirty nine percent of people, white people, voted for Obama though. That's why everyone's saying this election cycle proves that. Oh the yeah, it was the white the minority. Political power of white people is diminishing Which finally I'm in America. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, oh, what was her name? Victoria Jackson from SNL. She's like, America died. Oh, she's fucking it's crazy. like really this election was kind of the proof that maybe at um, the white. Dominant America died. White male dominant. They had America one of the died. guys on Fox uh, News. Uh, I was watching the 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 shit on, on on TV, and he was talking about he was he was fucking pissed. He was talking about how uh, this is the proof that traditional America is dead because women and minorities have finally taken over, which cracks me up because women <laughs> are already minimum half the human population. <laughs> Technically, they are already in the majority because, like, what women? There's like, like, there's fifty one percent of women yeah. and forty nine percent of dudes. So yeah. that right there, yeah. technically, they've been the majority the whole goddamn time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add minorities. They've yeah. already been the majority. <laughs> this, and, but he's all like, all he's admitting is he's sad because the minority of white men yeah. is finally the power starting to leach away a little bit. Yeah. And this guy was fucking insoluble. Yeah. And yeah. What traditional America is exactly fuck. then fuck traditional America yeah, exactly because the whole idea of America is that was the, the thing that I was listening to Obama's acceptance speech it's just so I I just talk of inclusion as opposed to exclusion yeah that's it's not what this like election we're Obama was. slaves or anything no like that, but it's Obama just... is not a perfect president by any stretch of the imagination but just to talk about inclusion instead of exclusion that yeah. is America talking about you know this is you know like we're going to protect the wealthy we're going to protect just the Christians. Like, that is the sort of talk that makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Even beyond gay and straight. Well, I guess supposedly the conservatives are not blaming single women. <laughs> or you know, skewing the election. Thank God, because conservatives do not pick on single women enough. <laughs> it's like conservatives don't want to admit the fact that... You know that what? It's all those sluts. <laughs> the fact that conservatives are horrible monsters. I, I know many I know many conservatives. No, no, no. I know, wait, we're, we're talking about the hardcore yeah. fucking... 
uh, fucking, like, hard, yeah, fuck, ah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. The fucking monsters are thinking, like, <laughs> oh, God. Hey, man, you got monster, you got monster conservatives on one side, you got flaky hippies who can't do shit on the other side. <laughs> oh, Wait, God. Well, you know what, I, 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 I don't know if you saw Rachel Maddow's thing floating around. She had a lot of political stuff, I've heard that name, is she, like, a TV host? She's the hot, hot lesbian, um, political pundit. Yeah, I but Foley showed me this this clip of her where she was basically talking about how this uh, election is great because maybe now um, the uh, the Republican Party realizes that they can't cater to the fringe anymore. Well, yeah, and that that's they need what, that's to join, what lost them this election. Yeah, they need to join the conversation and not just you know talk in terms of alienation. She goes into it a little more in, in uh, incendiarily than that. But what's great is that Foley... She's fully a lesbian? I've seen clip. this line before. I don't know if she's actually a lesbian or... I think she's... she's I'm pretty cute. sure she's a lesbian. But anyway, at the end of this clip, my wife showed me, I just went, you know what? She never has to buy herself a beer and she never has to go from a bar, home from a bar alone. <laughs> and Rachel Maddow must be knee-deep in pussy all the time. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, I'm sorry. Looking at pictures of Rachel that was, I, I very much so oh. avoided um, all the I it, election gave me highs that I talked about. So I spent all of election night at a friend's house who has no TV or cable. Oh no! What? Get this. Rachel Maddow lives in Manhattan in Western Massachusetts <laughs> with her partner Larry Sanders. No. Uh, with her partner, artist Susan Makula. There we go. The couple met in 1999 uh, when Makula hired Maddow to do yard work at her home. What? Maddow was working on her doctoral dissertation at the time. Dude, their, that's a romance novel right there. Their first date was at a National Rifle Association Ladies Day on the Range event. Oh my god, this is the best romance novel I've ever heard oh of. Oh my god. Rachel Maddow. You know, well, whose lady wrote, uh, uh... You got you got email. <laughs> um, I, well, I think she also wrote no sleepies and spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> no sleepies. That would be great. It's about Tom Tom Hanks and um, Joe versus volcano. <laughs> personal life thing on wikipedia is is that little thing about their date she must have read that and just had a fucking coronary right in bed she must have died with a smile on her face thinking, this will be my citizen king and then she just croaked anyway oh my ab- god the important news is that yes barack obama got reelected, but more this importantly is the point. Yeah, this is not- nasa maybe as, as a result of obama being elected that's why we started talking nasa about this. may be on the verge of announcing a plan to build a moon base with plans to visit a nearby <laughs> asteroid by 2025 and even possibly mars by the 2030s that news is worth it just to type the word moon base <laughs> you know life is getting better when you get seriously touched start talking about the moon base oh my god uh, yeah much. so uh supposedly supposedly uh scientists are saying that yeah nasa is uh yeah uh, they were waiting to see if obama got uh, reelected. 
And uh, which I wonder if Obama could pull this off because he's going to need so much political clout and money to pull off uh, revising the national national health care stuff. Yeah. That I would imagine he's like he's only got four years to do this stuff. He's either got to figure out. It seems like he's he would have to choose either. It's got to be healthcare or it's NASA. <laughs> like how you so can build, you can just break down all of like the national concerns to just but healthcare I'm just saying, NASA. But in terms of like if he's, if he's just gonna throw his weight behind one thing to make sure it gets done. Well, I think you it should. It's interesting also, that you should point out that this be a national thing because NASA has been more and more funded by the private sector. No, that's the other thing. Because like this is you know, and it's also harder to at least at least you can tell even if people don't understand why even if they think you're a socialist or whatever for messing with national healthcare. At least with healthcare, at least, you know, even if you're, unless you're crazy, you can understand, well, maybe free healthcare yeah. for everybody's not like. You can, even a crazy it's person not gonna can kill see anybody. the positives. Whereas, yeah. like, moon base is a little bit harder to like, we better go make a moon base. Why? <laughs> Star Trek's got to happen someday. <laughs> this one, the real world's not going to fit to Star Trek canon uh, unless we got a moon base. There we go. Uh, you know, so it's, I mean, well, the, like, I was talking with Joshin today, and he was talking about how, you know, like, you could still play it off, like, you know, like, look at all the technologies we've invented yeah. just as, as a result of the space program from yeah. the 1960s up until now. You're We're right. waiting for our computer to crash. It keeps on like, crashing keeps us crashing as uh, But, then uh, you can kind of do the same thing with moon base and stuff. And, yeah. Although, like, trying to come up with the real reason why we need to send people to, like, like an astronaut, or not to an astronaut, well, to an Bill, astronaut bar. Bill, guess what? They've done love, space space shit for like the last what sixty I years. Know. But I love I love the goals. Okay, the first one is to establish a moon base on Mars, which I'm assuming would be just like a six or seven person little thing. Where yeah. it's going to be like the size of this house. Yeah, it's not going to be like two thousand and one. And then sending people off to an asteroid. Yeah, which I guess is hang out for five minutes. Go, yep, standing on this asteroid. Time to go home. And then they go to Mars. But, yeah, so... You've got to oh, start little baby steps, Bill. But the fact that, like, supposedly NASA is feeling confident enough... Because NASA is falling apart. They need to yeah. do something. Because they just gave well, up... Curiosity just, helped quite a bit, yeah, I think. But the shuttle shit's over. Yeah. And, but, yeah, this, this is perfect timing with uh, Curiosity just happening this year. This is great. I mean, this could work out really nicely. But, yeah, I kind of wonder if they could pull off uh, both those things at the same time. But, yeah, but Mars... It's funny to think that, like, we might only, quote-unquote, only get to Mars. Because a lot of people predicted especially with this shuttle program and stuff like 30 years ago, that would be at Mars by now. It's funny to think I'm just that... saying, if, we, if we're if we going to catch up with Mass Effect time... Yeah, when does that have to be? I think, that's sometime I think this century. 2070. Yeah, that's I think what that's it is. when. Or wait, no, does Mass Effect take place during 2070? Yeah, because they discover the Promethean artifacts. That's I know what kicks... that humanity has only been in space 30 years, I think, in the Mass Effect. Yeah, it hasn't been long. Because it's been... Because, like, Anderson was involved. just, like, the first time on Mars to suddenly, oh, we're saviors of the entire galaxy. He was just that awesome, Bill. Hey, everyone, all species park on Earth because we actually <laughs> blew up the mass relay system. The, this week in OMG new Star Wars news, Star Wars. Little Miss Sunshine slash um, Story, Toy Story 3 writer Michael Arndt is working on a new trilogy. Well, he's at least working on the three movie story treatment reportedly shown to J.J. Abrams, Brad Bird, and Stefan St- Spielberg. Wait, does is it confirmed that J.J. Abrams, Brad Bird, and Steven Spielberg were involved Reportedly, in the Reportedly, this uh, uh, the treatment, the yeah. So okay, so yeah, Michael Arndt. Yeah, he's the guy. I think maybe he also co-directed Little Miss Sunshine. He did. Which when, when you and I went to go see Little Miss Sunshine who together, knew? who did it like? Oh, this is the work of the man who re- revived. If Paul Star Dano Wars. is not in the Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> I will be so upset. No, it's gotta be Alan. Arkin. He's such a good creepy fucker. I hope Alan Arkin plays old. Uh, Paul uh, Dano gives good creepy fucker. What else was he in? He was in Looper. He was in Looper. 
was in Oh. Yeah. He's in Looper and he was in oh, There Will Be Blood? Been, I don't think he's necessarily... He, oh, what yeah, else? he was creepy in There Will Be yeah. Blood. Cause I, that's what I was trying to think. Because like, I know he's been creepy in something. Looper, he kind of gets his ass kicked. Yes. In, in but he's Looper. still... He's a pathetic uh, But Paul Dano's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't... I'm thinking... I'm Did you know? Have movie. you seen the trailer for Ruby Sparks? Where he invents a lady, a fictional character, and she comes to life. It's like weird science, but with like typewriters and sensitivity. It's like Wes Anderson's weird science. No. Oh, you haven't seen the trailers for no. that? Supposedly he lives with the lady who plays the lady who he invents, which is kind of weird. I'm just throwing this out there. <laughs> I'm confused by that. Back sentence. to Star Wars. Yeah, so okay, Loomis Sunshine. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, so I guess he's been working on the screenplays for all three new Star the whole new trilogy for a couple months now, mm-hmm. which I would assume they would not be. Uh, George, it sounds like George Lucas hired this guy. This guy's been vetted by George Lucas, which everyone's been freaking out about. Oh my God, that just means bad things if George Lucas is still creative. George Lucas, like he hired uh, Larry Kasdan to write the... George Lucas is not bad at hiring good people to work on Star Wars movies. That's That's why the the Star Wars movies are are good. Just don't let the motherfucker actually write the script. Exactly. This is what what should have happened with the prequel trilogy. It's the part that he's involved with directly. (laughs) So yeah, Michael Arndt, so I guess, yeah, he... All this year, that's pretty pretty much what he's been doing is working on the screenplays for these three Star Wars movies. And supposedly, they did not say in what capacity these screenplays were shown to J.J. Abrams, Brad Bird, and Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg has already come out and said, I'm not going to direct Star Wars. Even back in the 80s, everyone thought that, like, if if George Lucas is not going to direct a Star Wars movie, of course he got it. Because they were buddies. They created Indiana Jones together. Of course he gets Steven Spielberg to direct a Star Wars movie. But that never happened because Spielberg has been very much in the realm of saying Star Wars is George Lucas's thing. I yeah. don't, do not want to. That's his whatever. We work together on Indiana Jones, but I want Star Wars to forever remain exclusively within the realm of George Lucas. And that's, you know, I just don't want to play in his pool. Just, you know, he doesn't want to do that water. Which is pretty clear with um, Crystal Skull. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. I hate my phone. Maybe it's Mitt Romney asking for money. <laughs> Um, I mean, with Crystal Skull, he's come out and said I, it was George's show, and I just wrote yeah, it along. Steven Why would you very... want to do that again? <laughs> it's it's kind of funny how deferential the, uh, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg is. I know, you're Steven goddamn Spielberg. You, know, you can even override George Lucas if you wanted. Uh, it's funny because like, George Lucas has actually written scripts. He wrote the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's a well-written movie. I didn't know George Lucas wrote he that. He wrote Poltergeist. That's what? That's no, it's Spielberg's a writer. Like he's oh, written... Spielberg. You Spielberg. said George Lucas oh, wrote. George Lucas. <laughs> I'm really confused. He wrote um, Maximum Overdrive. He wrote the word Willow on a napkin and gave it to <laughs> someone else. <laughs> he, gave it, he gave it to, he gave it to who's, who plays Willow. Uh, he gave it to Return of the Jedi. <laughs> to Warwick Davies. Davies. And he said, just just, just whatever you feel like doing in front of the camera. Just, 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 you know. It's like dinner theater. And like, what's, what's it called when you make up shit in front of people and, pay, and charge them for it? Improv? Just improv dinner theater. Just run around the forest. Just, if you see like a dude dressed in white plastic, stab the shit out of him. It'd be hilarious. People love that shit. So yeah, so um, that's really kind of the that's there was other Star Wars news that uh, happened this week that I didn't pay attention to. Like, uh, uh, who plays? Um, well, Harrison Ford came out and said he'd be interested in doing another Star he's Wars not film. Be in that movie. No, he's not. This is gonna be a whole new generation of characters. You'll be lucky if you if you have Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker show up. You're not gonna have. I like that you say this, even though last week on this very podcast you were bitching about the absence of Peter Mayhew. Is yeah! Okay? <laughs> this is supposed to be old! He lives forever! <laughs> no, Star Wars, the new trilogy needs Peter Mayhew more than it needs fucking geriatric, fucking liver-necked, 
Harrison Ford growling at people going, I used to be cool. In his little ill-fitting sweater vest. <laughs> his earring. It has to be sweater vest. And his earring. Um, pretending to still be in love with uh, Princess Leia, who's now living in a garbage can. Like fucking Oscar the Grouch. That is not what we need. An actress from an upcoming episode of Doctor Who accidentally left her copy of the episode's script written by Neil Gaiman in the taxi cab. That would be good in this Star Wars movie. Oh, I was thinking about what you do. <laughs> I was trying to you move on. Right. No, but this is the other thing I want to talk about. Well, so they've actually had this writer working for a better part of a year on Star mm-hmm. Wars stuff for at least the last couple months. It sounds like George Lucas picked this guy. This yeah. is what it sounds like to me. I think this George Lucas picked this guy before he finally started really finalizing things with Disney because I think mm-hmm. he wanted to... I'm sure he pitched it as you, this. Yeah, I think he wanted... Yeah. Make sure the creative team was set before Disney can roll in and start calling mm-hmm. the shots. And so I'm assuming the director's got it, already got it. They just haven't announced whoever the director is. Yeah. I think that's why they're like, when there's like, when J.J. Abrams and Brad Bird say they've seen the script, I don't think it's been a thing where it's like they're showing to them and try to get them involved. I think it's yeah. more just like, George Lucas is very, as always with even with Star Wars and other movies, been very open with talking to other filmmakers, trying mm-hmm. to get their input. Which, yeah. if the first th- two people he goes to for story input are J.J. Abrams and Brad Bird, that's good. If, if, yeah. And if they're signing off on the, on whatever Michael Arndt, the guy who wrote Little Miss Sunshine and Toy Story 3, yeah. that's good pedigree right there for whatever the writing is. But I'm assuming there's probably a director out there already. Yeah. Yeah. So Hopefully his name is Brad Bird. <sighs> well, is this, so is this a refusion, if you will, a, a, a rebuttal to the whole thing about Damon, the 1953 no, did you hear being... About, well, like, it sounds like in to rebuff the rumors that Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof's thing, it came out this week that um, they're trying to get George Clooney to be the star of that project, mm. which kind of confirms that that would seem to suggest that is not Star Wars unless George Clooney is going to be one of the leads in the new Star Wars movie, which actually kind of cool. I'm not saying that, but who, who do you plead? Like, the son of Han Solo? Well, you know, He's also too old to be part of a young generation of heroes. So what I'm thinking, I think that, uh, here's, here's, because me and Bobby Roberts and Mike Russell, we got in a huge fight over who's going to score the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> Bobby Roberts convinced it's got to be Bear McCurry, the guy who did the uh, music for you Battlestar Galactica. You were a Galactica. dick to poor Bobby Roberts. I know. I felt you were bad. an ass. I an asshole because I thought we were having, Bill, I thought we were having fun play fun. See, that's the thing with Bill. Bill thinks, why, you're, you're exactly like Rafi in the league, you bring a knife to the conversation. <laughs> Watches on Netflix. He hands it to a friend. He goes, "Now we're having a conversation." <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking amazing! I, uh, of course, it should be John Williams. That's why these are going to be no matter what happens. These are going to be fake Star Wars movies. Cause <laughs> it's not going to be John Williams doing the music. And uh, Mike Russell pointed out it should be Michael Giacchino, especially if J.J. Abrams were to direct because they're you know they're their best buds. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, man, I was going to make the joke, but I couldn't figure out how to. Con- <laughs> Try to condense this into half a dozen tweets or less. Yeah, it needs to be who's uh, Nathan Johnson's Ryan Johnson's cousin Nathan, Nathan Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, he should score it because Ryan Johnson directs it. <laughs> oh man! And the stars oh, are Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and George Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, why Ryan Gosling? Who gives a because that's he's like he's 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 in. He's the he's other. In. Guy, everyone wants to fuck that's not Jordan Gorsuch. Good- <laughs> What's his name? He's a fucking Muppet name. He's a fucking Star Wars character, Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> you get those too. You've got your kind of Han you know, Solo badass. Yeah, I was gonna say, your... Joseph Gordon Levitt would be an awesome they kind of, of those young Obi Wan Han Solo y sort yeah, of character. Even if they're not directly related to the other characters, the fuck you got one's blonde, one's brown, <laughs> one smokes, one one beats people to death with a hammer. <laughs> and who's who's the 
assuming like you have another like like three characters like a love triangle thing. Who's the who's the female lead? You know who would really like Rachel what's Weiss? Do we say this? No, 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 no. What's her butt? Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Who the hell's Jennifer? Lawrence? She was in. Uh, she was in. She she's Hunger Games lady, but she was in. Uh, oh, what is it? Winner's Bone or whatever. She's. <laughs> fuck you. She's <laughs> awesome. No, she she's gonna, really great. Not give She's average. really great. Well, Jim, Jim, can I be Halle Berry? <laughs> She's so good. Only dr- Halle Berry only dressed as a young Latina. <laughs> That's Halle Berry. That's what she is in Clubhouse. <laughs> she speaks Spanish. She does well, actually. <laughs> oh man, this Latina beat lady beats beats Elrond to death for calling her a wetback. <laughs> that was hilarious. So, Bill, my question for you, actually, to ask about Skyfall. Talking, speaking of um, film composers, Skyfall was scored by my favorite film composer, Thomas Newman. How was the score? You know what? I noticed his name show up, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." And you never noticed because uh, the director is the guy who did, um, yeah, uh, uh, Road to Perdition, which is which is weird because uh, he's never worked with Daniel Craig before. <laughs> also in Road to Perdition, yeah, yes. No. no, and also the same. He it's did, Roger uh, Deakins is the cinematographer. He's the guy who did uh, cinematography for uh, it's a very pretty shoot movie. What was I gonna say? Wait, no. How is this? Why were you? Oh, you asked me something. I can't Newman. remember. Yeah, see, that's the thing. No one has said anything about it, good or ill. It's there's one part. There's like a like there's a little bit of a car chase where it, like he's kind of playing around with. It almost sounds like some of the uh, musical uh, kind of twangy, weird uh, string instrument kind of stuff that he mm. did with the the, the soundtrack for. Um, uh, and a series uh, of Lemony Snicket, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That's the only part of the movie where it like, kind of kicked in. It feels like Thomas Newman. But the movie's kind of like slow enough and kind of like with bad things happening, it's more like low down, kind of like yeah. bad, atonal, like bad music. It's yeah. not, it, there's no real melodies or anything yeah. like that. And aside from maybe a couple percussive parts and like I said, like jangly, like stringy, yeah. like, uh, that is funny because it makes it sound like a banjo <laughs> fucking <laughs> exactly <laughs> Me and Annie are both big Thomas Newman fans, and we know. Yeah, Thomas Newman didn't score no for Wailing Finding Clarinets. There's no. <laughs> it's not whimsical like that. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Wally. It doesn't it's man? It's weird. Though, His score like, for uh, Lemmy Snicket's a series of unfortunate events is one of my favorite scores of all time. Uh, Daniel Craig uh, throughout the entire film does hum the theme from Little Women over and over. Again. <laughs> He's getting oh, he did do Little Women. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, well, okay. Well, yeah. anyway, so do you have anything to say about this this copy of the Neil Gaiman Doctor Who script? Oh, yeah. So I feel bad. So supposedly, I think this actress, this lady who left her script in a, in a, in a Welsh taxi cab, supposedly she's a young girl. Aww. So, But supposedly, whoever found it, they posted the pic of it to Reddit. This promised up and down, swore up and down that they didn't read it. Although they knew enough what it was to post it to the Doctor Who subreddit. Yeah. That motherfucker read it. Of course. But Neil Gaiman says supposedly said that he will uh give um whoever the, this guy who turns in the uh the, the script mm-hmm. anything you want signed mm-hmm. it's pretty much as a reward for haste thanks for bringing the script thanks for back. not being a dick uh but this pretty much leaked that neil it's uh, neil gaiman's episode is about the cybermen and it also stars warwick davis because like oh, in awesome. the back of the script i guess it had a cast sheet with all the different photos of all the different actors oh yeah and warwick Div- davis is playing a character named porridge Aww. Aside from that, it's Neil Gaiman involves the Cybermen somehow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, but I feel bad for, imagine you're an actress and your first big break is Doctor Who. You, you the, fuck it up. Not only do you leave the script in the cab, but someone, like, the next person to find it is, is someone nerd. who posted the Reddit. Yep. But supposedly, uh, hopefully this works out well for this lady. So. The first photo of Tom Hanks as Walt Disney from the filming of Saving Mr. Banks came out this week. Obama not bad dot JPEG. Yeah. Yes, it looks, kind of looks it like looks Walt like Disney. He's got a little ratty, weird mustache. Which Walt Disney did have. And he's dressed in pants. <laughs> so, I forgot 
this movie? I, I didn't realize who's it was directing this now. movie. I have no idea. I have to Google it. Hey, if you're watching, reading this at home, uh, and you're wondering, can you please Google? Can you Google it and give us a call? We talked about this on the podcast before, but I forget who pays. I'm assuming this is gonna be a Disney movie, right? Because how are you gonna make a movie about the movie making a movie Mary Poppins where you can't like use any of the music or like any of the like. Which is interesting, because how, then what will the, I mean. This hmm. should be an episode of Mad Men, because this takes place during that, and for some reason, Don Draper uh, beats up Walt Disney. (laughs) Oh, that's another part, Cloud Atlas! There's one moment where an Asian lady shows up dressed as an Asian dude with a little pencil mustache, and I was like, what the hell's happening? And she kind of, like, beats somebody up and runs away. I was like, what? That obviously was not a man. (laughs) But it's an Asian lady with a little Fu Manchu mustache, and it's a lady, she's like three feet tall, and she's just like... Man, that movie's fucking weird. <laughs> Phil's Fever Dream movie. Oh, DC the- Comics is shutting down its oldest Vertigo title, Hellblazer, in February, after which a cleaned-up, non-swearing version of John Constantine will get shuffled around the rest of the PG-rated DC Comics universe. Yeah, have you read these comics? Mm-mm. I've heard about them. Supposedly, like, there's going to be John Constantine is going to get his own comics, DC Comics title that's outside of Vertigo, but he's not going to be able to swear and do all the stuff he did in the Vertigo. Is, Vertigo, all is this the death of Vertigo officially? Well, no, but that's what that's what everyone's assuming. But Neil Gaiman did say he's coming back to write more Sandman comics. Well, would not Hellblazer, be under the egress of Vertigo. Hellblazer and, and Sandman were the two big like like headlining Vertigo titles. I mean, Sandman Sandman got away from all the death or from all the kind of like the violence and death and destruction and stuff, mm-hmm. which kind of like what kind of filled the first couple issues which really kind of made it yeah. like like this like the stuff you didn't like in salmon when <laughs> i'm trying stuff. to make you read it yeah there's like you read the worst parts where there's people's eyes are being gouged out and stuff like that horror like like slasher flick stuff stops happening six issues in and there's no reason why sandman really couldn't be unless you wanted to show like the goddess of B- B- bast's egyptian tits or something like that but you could still make that a normal DC title, but yeah, it'd be nice if it were Vertigo, just to keep the vertical Vertigo line alive. I mean, it's a really old. Who, so, did, who cares? I know. The DC doesn't care. It only seems to exist just to. They're, they're probably shutting down Vertigo so you can throw all their money into their goddamn. Uh, who who were the fake Avengers? The DC Avengers? The Justice League? Oh, the Justice League. Probably. I had to think real hard about that. Who was in the Justice League? Um, Let's see. Wonder Woman, Batman. Who wants Superman, to see this movie? Aquaman. This character dropped terrible. All I can think of, man. So I never read DC comics. I don't think not through any sort of active like choice or anything like mm-hmm. that. When I started reading comics again, I mostly I read like Bone, and then I kind of got into Powers, and through Powers I got into um, Ultimate um, Spider Man. Yeah. And I never really think about it. Like whenever I read a superhero comic, I have read some Marvel comics, but I have read little to no DC comics. A friend of mine told me to try um, R. Rachel Weiss. <laughs> I'm so sorry. happy the coat can prophesied that for you, Bill. Yeah. So I've never really read any DC comics, and a friend of mine recommended that I pick up this comic, um, Gotham Central, which is about the Gotham City Police Department. Oh, okay. And uh, I've only read a little bit of it. My friend pointed out to me, he's like, you have to read it because one of the protagonists is a female lesbian cop. And I was like, yes, please. But it's good so far. It's good crime comics. Oh, for, I can't remember how I got into watching this, but I guess there's a do- I found a documentary on YouTube called it's like the world of voice acting or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's uh, split up into ten parts on YouTube. Where it's 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 like from six or seven years ago, where it just talks about it uh, to a bunch of different voice actors, just talking about the methodology of voice mm-hmm. acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the people they talked to is Michelle Rodriguez. What? Which I guess 
And this is Has she enough, done I voice work? This is kind of the start of her career or something huh. like that. And she's oh, really you know what cute. she did. She did voices, I think, for the DC like uh, yeah, because a lot of these guys are doing like like those kind of like. To be fair, a lot of people did like yeah. I think she was like the voice. But of- she's very cute, and in, in the she's... one or two clips I saw where she's like she's like yeah, I, I was a voice actress, me, me, me. and she deigns herself to talk to like a goddamn YouTube documentary about voice acting. <laughs> so she can't be too much of a jerk. Oh uh, but... yeah, but she says shitty things about lesbians. She is... so... What? What did she say? Well, she she she's kind she's butch, right? And so. People are like, oh, she's gay, right? So she's felt the need well, to go out of her way to say, like, well, know, she's also got to have. She said dyke stuff following. like, she's like, I've got to shake off this dyke sick stigma. She said that at some point. It's I like, oh, you Michelle Rodriguez. As, I'm working in Hollywood. It's that's not great. I can understand. Well, you know what I'm just saying? Homophobia. <laughs> if you can be homophobic and make money, go for it. <laughs> Um, now I have to look up what voice acting she's done. Well, that means you can have lesbian hate sex with. Oh, she did a voice in Halo too. Oh, but that's she. She like, played Marine. That's <laughs> no, that's literally the only voiceover credit. That's it. That's, oh wait, no, no, no. She was also did a voice in True Crime, Streets of L.A., and Driver Three. Because I'm Halo. Those are she's, our three voiceover credits. It's like David Cross, like he's in the background. He says, "Hey, Master Chief, I like your green hat." Those are. Oh, and she did. A, of course, she did a voice in the Avatar game, and that's it. Those are her four. The Avatar game. Yeah, there was an Avatar game. No, but like she. Why the hell is she in an Avatar game? She would Avatar. actually not have a bad. Oh, she was oh, in Avatar. Av- I thought you were talking about Avatar last year, but no. Last hat hat wear. <laughs> Vaginal hat wear. That's the much more, just less interesting. <laughs> Jesus Christ, are we talking about news or something? You know what? That series is about like it's it's been like 150 years, and uh, that last hat wear is the last <laughs> white guy who still wears a fedora in Manhattan. He oh, loves man- watching Mad Men. Because he's a man in a hat. <laughs> this is the worst podcast in the universe. <laughs> Hour <laughs> eight. <laughs> We were talking about news, and I gotta find my. Joe face. Biden is going to cameo next week's episode of Parks and Recreation. This is amazing. This, this is, is so good. This is the cost I paid the iron price for going to the movie theater so week. Because I it was was Thursday, and I spent all Thursday until eleven p.m. at the movie theater. You missed Parks and Rec. The, I, it was uh, a really cute episode. Uh, the guy who plays Ben's dad, I really wanted to watch this episode too. Is one of the main characters on Breaking Bad. He was a terrible fuck or terrifying fuck. It was yeah, great. he's great. It was he all like he missed a good John Ralphio episode too. Is he bald? He got little ears, and he's, he never opens his eyes all the way, and he's all like, yes. I Ben, yep. I am your father." <laughs> it's exa- actually that exactly happens. Yeah, the best part is. <laughs> The last line, the last line is Ralphio walking into Tom Haverford's house saying, "I'm asleep in your house because technically I'm home." <laughs> and I'm like, "Shut Ralphio, you amazing asshole!" Oh, to get upset. Yeah, no, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is, of course, um, Leslie Nope's number one sex object in the universe. He actually shows up in this week's episode in a minor oh, capacity. Really okay. But um, what's great is that did you read about why like they had to be careful about announcing it? Because they only announced like. Well, I know Wednesday. they filmed this when they filmed the location stuff in Washington, D.C. earlier in the season. Well, they, they couldn't announce that he... Because he's guesting. He's going to be on next week's episode. They've had it in Cannes for a while. Yeah. They couldn't announce that he was in it because technically it would be... Uh, because of FEC rules, uh, it would be an endorsement. Yeah. So they couldn't talk about it until after the election. Oh, very cool. And apparently they had written, like, a little bit, like, for either way the election went. This is kind of great. Joe Biden. God bless him. 
Amtrak rides for everybody. Supposedly, uh, uh, Romney didn't even write a concession speech. He only wrote a victory speech. That's the, that's the kind of like, I'm going to win. Schmitty. I keep hearing his concession speech was really good. Are you making a joke? I don't know. Well, I can't tell. He ran it, it out off of Bazooka Joe comic. <laughs> He's like, Obama. HBO. What's the difference? Oh, bummer. Obama. Good night, everybody. HBO has hired the drummer from Coldplay to be part of a Why? musical group in an unspecified scene in this upcoming season of Game of Thrones. Why? Probably as part of the Red Wedding Party. Why did the turtle cross the road, <laughs> says Romney in his concession speech. No, why did the... I fucked it up. It's because I don't have the comic in front of it like, like Romney did. Why did the turtle cross the, the road to go to the shell station? <laughs> chair and just starts weeping <laughs> what a guy at uh hacked wind no Waker. did we actually talk wait did you, well, what do you have to home? say about that bill what do you have to say about Coldplay did you mention drummer? the red wedding i did spoilers red wedding <laughs> man motherfucker that was the first way i spoiled myself in game of thrones is yeah? i was reading game of thrones and one of my friends said oh man i can't wait for you to see the red wedding so we should not be and talking just, about this no, on no, the no, podcast no, no. here's the thing i'll speak obliquely all i did was i googled because i was like i was curious about fan do art do not google red so, wedding do not no just don't Google Game of Thrones fan art. No, no. I Googled it and I saw this beautiful yeah. giant piece of the Red Wedding, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Uh oh. It's a really good piece. Though. Uh, a and guy then you told me about it. A guy, That's... a guy hacked Wind Waker for his daughter. <laughs> a guy, he did the Wind Waker. A guy hacked Wind Waker for his daughter. So the opening text talks about the tradition of clothing young girls in green to honor the hero time. Well, it's not just that. He hacked the whole game so it changed the pronouns. So that um, Link is a girl. He hacked the whole game. That, your only note was that he hacked the opening. Could he hack his penis away? No. His massive Wind Waker package. That is the Wind Waker. What are you Link's penis away. Yeah. Rather like than his. I'm like, he's so we... ashamed of having a daughter. <laughs> it's the only way to make it like, honey, I hate having females That's in the house. That's cool. That's a cool thing. Yeah. You know? oh, I, I saw the interview with him. He was talking about how he could not, like, all the text he replaced in the Wind Waker ROM had, all the words had to be the same length as the original ones. So mm -hmm. he could not replace. Uh, boy with girl, because girl yeah. is one extra letter longer than boy. So he changed it like he had to like gal, yeah, kind of <laughs> stuff like that, yeah, or like milady in yeah. place of like uh, all Lord kinds of like whatever. all the, like this guy did not just like Google like just 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 like search word search search yeah. word search and, and instantly replace boy to girl. He actually had to sit down like case by case, like okay, this is. This is maybe not going to fit. I'm going to come up with another gender, at least gender neutral thing here. Yeah. He went through every bit of text in that game. Man. To make it so his four-year-old daughter can play Wind Waker. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And that's really powerful, too. The tragedy is that she's blind and she can't actually read any of this stuff. <laughs> she lost her hair before. She's four years old. Can four-year-olds even read? That's Taryn's age, Bill. Can you imagine trying to make Taryn play Wind Waker? <laughs> No one can play 
video games. See, no, no, he can't. He he doesn't have the patience. Good. We play we play uh, double fine all the time, and we play Once Upon a Monster. But he doesn't have patience for Tara a whole game. Eat the Wii remote. See, before that's the she... thing. Like four years old, maybe when you're like six or seven. So this guy did this for his own self gratification. Like my daughter. <laughs> One so day, smart. eventually, my daughter will be. Able yeah, to do five years now, when she can actually read. Well, to be fair, it took a lot of work. Maybe he did it. He gave himself some time. <laughs> maybe his imaginary daughter. Bioware is officially working on a completely new Mass Effect game. Yeah, Annie. I was making fun of Bill because Bill's like, "Did you hear they announced a new Mass Effect game?" And I'm like, "Of well, course they're working on a Mass Effect." In terms of like, this is coming out, but like they announced. See, and I was giving him shit they, because during the ending uh, fiasco, they said we're working our next dra- Mass Effect game. Well, blah blah blah. Bill made fun of me. He's like, "Well, they officially announced it." To which my rejoinder was, "Would you prefer it when a sandwich maker <laughs> says out loud that he's making a sandwich?" Or you? I am now slicing the bread. <laughs> no, this is well. No, no. At, uh, when Mass Effect Three came out, they did uh, come out and admit that like there will be more Mass Effect games. Yeah. This is the first time they've specifically mentioned, "Hey, we are working on the next Mass Effect yeah. game." And uh, being Twitter, they were like, oh, what would you guys like to see on? Yeah, Casey Hudson, who is the the creative lead of Mass Effect. Isn't he the guy who fucked up Mass Effect? Was he the sole writer on the second game on Mass Effect 3 that everyone blames for the crummy ending? He he created all of Mass Effect. He's been the showrunner the whole time. Yeah, but isn't Which, by the way, wouldn't you want to take a break from Mass Effect? This poor guy. He's been working on nothing but Mass Effect for the last six years? Christ. Well, there was the whole thing where one of the guys, uh, there was a post online by a guy who claimed to be one of the writers at Bioware. And he was talking about And he about said Matt. how, yeah, how basically Casey Hudson is a smart guy, but he's not a people person. And that's why the ending of Mass Effect is so totally all about ideas and not about characters. Yeah, and supposedly, well, at some point, like, they, they had an ending in place and I guess they decided to change, well, Casey Hudson decided to change it. And Casey Hudson essentially locked himself in an office for two days, rewrote the whole ending, and without consultation, just put it into production yeah. without any money. Uh, signing off on it. Supposedly, one of the things. This, this, yeah. yeah, this Bioware staffer was blaming all the the, the fucked up logical plot st- storytelling yeah. uh, pl- uh, plot holes and stuff at the end of that game on Casey Hudson. One of the things he said is that in the original draft, um, um, Cortez dies. Cortez. Cortez is that his name? Your your pilot guy, who is also gay and you can have a relationship with your man. I guess so. Yeah, I think his name was Cortez, wasn't it? I can't remember. I liked him a lot. Yeah. But anyway, he, which is why during that last battle, there's that part where like he seems to crash, but you get a thing and it says he's okay. Apparently Casey Hudson wrote that he died. Yeah. And it was only when all the other rioters essentially rioted and they're like, you cannot kill him in this way. You cannot. And that's off camera. Yeah. Exactly. And so they talked him out of it. And that's, and that, and that was one of the things reading this guy. I'm like, maybe this guy is real because that did happen. He does awkwardly sort of die, but not. Oh, friends. Uh, oh, but anyway, Casey Hudson did ask what people wanted in the next Mass Effect game. What do we game. want a new Mass Effect? We want Claudia Black. We, a, a, we want a playable female lead. Yeah. Which was funny because he said uh, he said a couple of days later, he's like, lots of good feedback. Lots of people want to play a playable alien races. And I really wanted to tweet back, what, like, girls? <laughs> <laughs> but really? That was oh, everyone wants, just wants to play as Hannah or Alcor. Really, <laughs> that's, that's really what it boils down to. Um, um, yeah, I don't all I, really when I went from Mass Effect is more of Mass Effect, more and I want my dialogue trees I want, back. Yeah, dialogue trees, you want you want essentially well that's what everyone essentially the things that really make Mass Effect more than the shooting. The, yeah. What Mass Effect fans really love, they don't give a shit, really shit, shit about the shooting. They want story choice. Yeah. They want shipping. 
As sad, yes. as, sad to say as it is. <laughs> yeah. For for a game for for a bunch of players who what only like twenty percent of them play is femship. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them do a lot of fucking soup opera bullshit hand <laughs> ringing about yeah. the relationships in these games. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the game takes a lot of time to talk about. Relationships. Yeah. Hopefully, that's one I want to keep forward. Like, I wouldn't mind if the next Mass Effect was practically a fucking text adventure at that yeah. point. The shooting, yeah. it like even though they they kept on trying to make the game more the, the play more did like get years better. more, it got better. But... But in terms of what people really care about Mass Effect and what really keeps bringing people back, yeah. maybe the shooting brings in a lot of people who don't care about the story who will play it just as a shooter and not yeah. really care about anything. They, I'm sure they make a lot of money off those people. But the legacy fan base of yeah. Mass Effect, the people who will really keep on demanding more Mass Effect games and yeah. who will be vocal online about the games, it's 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 the story, character, and, and, and choice stuff that really yeah. matter. So as long as that's in there. Yeah, as long as you have a female lead... Probably voiced by uh, Claudia Black. Come on. My the 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 uh, recommendation I was gonna make is Bill said who would you like to voice the female lead and of course Claudia Black is a good choice. I was like, how about Janet Varney? Just doing your Cora voice. Like I would totally play a game just with Janet wow. Varney. But then I this is I was actually gonna I make this earlier actually. when you were talking about Wikipedia. I what I thought was interesting is when I looked at at uh, Janet Varney's Wikipedia entry. Her personal life entry talks about her life, and then it goes out of her way to say she dated this comedian from 2001 to 2004. The guy who uh, uh, created The Nerdist. Chris Hardwick. Yeah. What that was really interesting is that on her entry, it explicitly states that she dated him. On his entry, no mention of her whatsoever. I thought that was like, thanks, internet. Thanks for being the internet. There's a story there, yeah. In that moment uh, right there. Oh, well, somebody, yeah. somebody pointed out, when I mentioned Claudia Black, they, someone mentioned that Ben Bowder, the guy who, uh, the, the main lead from uh, Farscape, should voice the male. <laughs> whatever the male lead should be. Yeah. Because he's actually, I don't know if he's a voice actor, but he was great on Farscape. And that'd yeah. be a great little reunion. Yeah. Uh, it should be uh, the, 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 the voices of the two leads in Mass Effect 4 should be Kirsten Shaw and Jack McGrayer. <laughs> Bray Banford is the villain. God, but yeah. So who like I don't want it to be. As people, a lot of people talking about it, it should be a prequel. Should be well, about. Well, here's humanities. the thing. This is my thing. Is that what they broke a lot of what makes Mass Effect Mass Effect, and the thing that well, leaked. Gonna... Did you ever read the leaked document, the quote unquote leaked document about what um, the next uh, uh, Mass Effect game will be about? Mm-hmm. Where you're the, you play like Shepard oh, comes read back about that, like a thousand years later. Shepard is like it, it, and Starchild have fused. Humanity and... is built like the new, new United Nations is on this uh, the what's left of the Citadel that crash landed on Earth. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It sounds plausible, but that sounds well. The thing like... is, is that this person who is like, oh well, I have these this information. They also did have information about actual DLC that happens. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, it sounds really dumb. But you know what? On the face Mass of it... Mass Effect sounds fucking Mass Effect, stupid. on the face of it... Like, I, I've said this in the past. Mass Effect is a dumb story. Mass this Effect is dumb 2, story. one of the best video games ever made. The story is... <laughs> the story of Mass Effect 2 is... Human, colony, human colonies throughout the galaxy are being kidnapped to be turned into baby food for a 50-foot-tall space for, for the cover of a Megadeth album. 
That is the story of Mass Effect 2. Ding, turn the page, kids. It's fucking terrible. Mass Effect is always about the details. Yeah, that's that's exactly. all, to be fair, that's it's the all stuff that fills up Bioware, the container. This is what Bioware is great at. And I would argue that is one of the ways in which Dragon Age is a stronger game than Mass Effect, even though I prefer Mass Effect. Dragon Age has a stronger story to stand on, even though it's a dumb yeah. s- external threat story. And, and like, but their core conflicts, like with the Kunari, like that whole thing, like that's all intrinsically more that's interesting. What, that's the legacy stuff than, of these games, like, like yeah. But that's... I mean, like, the, yeah, but like that's what pe- Mass Effect, in the face of it, is always dumb, and it's always those details where everything fills in that you. But yeah, what made Mass Effect so interesting was the mass relays and all of this stuff. And it's weird to think of a Mass Effect game where that's all gone. I would really love a Mass Effect game that somehow got back to the original Mass Effect game where it's your, like, just introduction to this, like, uh, galactic civilization. Yeah. And kind of, like, hope of the future. Yeah. And it got way too much towards the militarized Halo, gotta shoot the bad guys, protect Earth stuff. Yeah. And I wish it could go back to more, like, the 70s science fiction feel of the first yeah. game, where it's about more about, like, uh, not diplomacy, but, like... I don't want to save the galaxy. Yeah. I, from... Yeah, that's... It'd be great if you could tell a smaller story while still involving, like, just, like, the growth of humanity in the, the theater yeah. of the galactic civilization. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that could be done. It's just... It, with with video games, you can't uh, ever you can't ever have an, the next game be less. Yeah. This is one of the things that's, that's frustrating. Thing, that's I, why Assassin's Creed 3 is such not a good game. Yeah. It just heaps on more stuff when you just need to bake what you got. It's... Well, actually, say that, but Mass Effect 3 was a lot... In a, a lot of ways, it was less, and what they well, added more. Fighting for Earth, even though like. But Earth... even like like the gameplay, like they strip stuff down, they strip down powers, they strip down dialogue. Yeah. They added multiplayer, so yeah. that was a game that was. They added a Pac-Man technically... mini game whenever you're found by the Reapers. <laughs> Do you really always had that dumb shit to some degree or other? That's always been for a mess. Anyway, that's we still have a shitload. We're almost three hours and we still have shit to we, talk no, about. No, we have one more note. Oh, what was uh, the last A court note? has ordered, a judge ordered that Silicon Knights has to destroy all unsold copies of Two Human and X-Men Destiny before the end of the year as reparations for its failed lawsuit against Epic Games. They also have to destroy three games that were in development using the Epic Game engine and pay them. Originally, the reparations were $8 million or $7 million. Now it's $14 so, million. So, what happens here? Have you ever seen Home Alone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Epic Games. Uh-huh. Is who's the kid in Home Alone? Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> they're 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 Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> they're just waiting for Silicon Knights to come up the driveway that's been filled with <laughs> razor blades, ice, and and guns tacks, yeah. and tacks and shooting and, and and ninja throwing stars that will kill people. <laughs> and Silicon Knights walked right into that. And not only did they slip and fall on the ice and on the thumbtacks, but they got shot in the face with a <laughs> with a flaming shotgun oh, man. barrel. Man, this has got to be the end of Silicon Knights. Well, right? I, I love it. that this all started with Silicon Knights suing Unreal. Yeah, this is the result of the this counter is their, suit. This is their undoing. Yeah. this is it's rare to see a, a public corporation so fundamentally undone in yeah. public in front of everyone. Yeah. Because of the hubris of one motherfucking guy, Dennis yeah. Dyack, been all like, "Our game didn't turn out well, so we're gonna sue." Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Not that, like, and you know there's got to be vast warehouses. Not maybe vast warehouses, but, like, none of these games sold that well that you know most of the shit is I was going to say, you know unsold. that Fred Myers down the street is going to be relieved because now the 30 copies they have of X-Men Destiny will go away. Yeah. I say, oh, God. So, and the fact that, like, uh, didn't, 
Silicon Knights have to pay Epic Games for like a uh, 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 lawsuit costs and stuff like that. So that's oh, already yeah. money out of their pocket. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was now really... they have to pay to get all these games destroyed. Yeah. Not only is this not income that they're not going to like get, I said from fourteen these... million dollars to Epic Games. That is on top of having to do all this shit. And supposedly, uh, there's been reports that Silicon Knights right now really is pretty much Dennis Dyack and three other people in office yeah. right now. They pretty much had to let everyone go, and Dennis Dyack and Silicon Knights. I think this, this is like almost a little miniature Thirty Eight Studios in the making. Where didn't they borrow a shitload of money from the Canadian government? Well, I think so, they had like the Canadian government has a great arts program, like grant. There was program. something where like even in the last year or two, there was something yeah. like, some, like, oh, yeah. so something's going on where they yeah they're gonna be defaulting on a couple loans from the from. Yeah. The, the Canadian government and yeah, I mean that's I I hate to tap dance too much on the grave of Silicon Knights because it's not like they're a terrible company, but Dennis Dyack seems like a terrible leader. Yeah, and yeah. He, too much hubris and sounds like kind of a little bit of a crazy person. Yeah. So this is what happens when your studio is in charge of someone who's like just a real just yeah self absorbed. It's amazing the games turn out good as often as they yeah, are. Seriously. Like I was, I was watching the credits of Assassin's Creed Three and how many people laid hands on that thing. An army full of people. An army full of people. Game, yeah. I'm like, why? How are any games good? Mm-hmm. Okay, it takes so much work to make a goddamn game. It's a miracle that any of them are any good. All right, friends, let's take a moment to listen to your feedback. Uh, Sid, beloved friend Sid, said, when the latest episode started downloading my iTunes, I thought, oh, it's only two and a half hours that <laughs> short. Good. Hey, you know what? We made up for it this week. Three Not hours long. Wrong. Adrian J. Wallace similarly pointed out, I think it's cool that you guys make podcasts longer <laughs> than Peter Jackson and Christopher <laughs> Nolan movies. I hope they can start putting intermissions in their stuff so people can go to pee. Man, did I tell you about how when I went to go see the the hot trailer for The Hobbit showed before each of the three movies I thought oh, I saw really? And each one people applauded when they realized what movie the trailer was for. Really? In each different screening. I was wow. surprised. Like, people are. They got... Fucking hobbit boners out there. So, Pretty yeah. much. For that Thorn Oaken shield. <laughs> exactly. This hot dwarf penis. And literally, while I was talking about um, uh, Assassin's Creed, um, beloved listener, listener Brian Smith sent us a lovely email um, pointing out, uh, I was listening to last week's podcast where he talked about the limitations of the revolutionary American setting yeah. for Assassin's Creed 3. I think there are a number of interesting real world places they could do, but I've been reading The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick, which, if you haven't read it, it's actually a very interesting book for its premise. Uh, which... That was turned into the film um, uh, The Rocket Fire Explosion. It's a documentary on... <laughs> Asshole. Netflix. Um, the Man what? in the High Castle is a great, is a good Philip K. Dick book. Like all other Philip K. Dick books, it's a really that's good the, idea and a dumb book. That's the alternate history with the Nazis. Yes, yeah. It is set in an alternate universe for the Japanese and Germans. One World War Two. It's set in sixties uh, San Francisco as occupied by the Japanese. Oh, okay. Like I said, interesting premise, dumb book. Uh, how cool would it be for an alternate history to happen in Assassin's well, Creed? Well, that's what you were saying. The fiction, oh, we... let, me, let me finish. Yeah. The the fiction already establishes that we can see what could happen in the world. Like, for example, Connor being shown his village burned to the ground. Yeah. Spoilers for Assassin's Creed <laughs> So this could be canonical. Even better, it would be if someone decided to make a saboteur 2 using the setting where I go to liberate uh, San Francisco, L.A., Portland, and Seattle from Japanese occupation. Yeah! The book even has a female character who knows judo, so a female avatar could Which work. Which book is this? 
Um, this is um, uh, Man in High Castle. Oh, like that's, I said, that's in there? Oh, dumb okay. book. Good idea. I haven't read too much Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick is... I, lo- I read a lot of Philip K. Dick in high school. He's yeah. a terrible writer with really good ideas. That's he's not a terrible writer. Books, like, it was he's all an idea man. draft crazy. Exactly. Like, yeah. He took speed so he could write type 60 pages a day. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. He, but he had really good ideas. And he knew that. That's why he recycled them. Anyway, this is just a neat <laughs> idea to kick around this week. Um... And he also goes on to say, I've been meaning to write a longer note to both of you about how much the podcast means to me. My girlfriend and I listen to it while we make breakfast together every Sunday or Saturday morning. Aww. I miss having it by Saturday morning, but I understand that Annie is working a nine-to-five job now, and that means no Friday recording sessions. C'est la vie. Brian, I'm sorry that Last I'm moving my though. way up the corporate food chain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to, to go on to your alternate history, uh, thank you so much for your kind words. That's really sweet Oh, wait, so he, like, assuming they can make breakfast, like, on Sunday, they could be having breakfast right now while listening to this. That's right. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do now? <laughs> How are you going to fuck up their lovely breakfast? Hey, Brian. Hey. <laughs> uh, that, shit, that, that, that shit smells good. Can you press it inside your can, computer speaker? Can, can, wait, here. Can you give me some? Egg? I love man. Oh, you put, you put some mushrooms in there. That's good. I like the mushrooms. And doesn't like mushrooms. I'll t- just hold the fork to my mouth. Mmm, that mmm. That's some good. Man, you guys do make good omelets. And scene. Improv. Well, it's interesting you should say this, Brian, because there is DLC coming out for Assassin's oh. Creed called The Reign of Mad King George or something like that. That oh, is yes, about so. uh, 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 George Washington um, uh, uh, becoming king, as that would happen. Like I said, what is interesting, I'll just get a little spoilery. The very, very end of Assassin's Creed 3. No one's going to see it, so you're not spoiling anyone. <laughs> exactly. Um, you hear a character you've never heard before communicating with you in the Animus, and all of a sudden you're given tools that seem to allow you to manipulate the Animus. So one of the things that is interesting is they've kind of set up the groundwork for altering history in some way, shape, or form. The DLC is interesting that it seems to maybe... Well, that's already taking cues. Like, somebody's yeah. got that idea, yeah. And in the end of the game, like, throughout the game series, you communicate it through the first civilization, and it's clear that the first civilization can see direction in time to some degree like there seems to be free will but they be, are able to anticipate the future enough that they can actually interact with you in the past like through like clearly there's like some crazy powers and at the end of the game the implication is that maybe we're trying to break their power so uh you, again opening for you know like maybe an alternate history sort of thing i think it'd be cool to have i would love to claim around america but on the other hand the thing you know i i think it, it would be nice to play a non-eurocentric did we talk about the biblical Assassin's Creed game yet? I think we were talking about that in between when I was spoiling you. Yeah. <laughs> Bill proposed being Jesus. No! It's just like Jesus would build your, uh... If you had a biblical... Like, you'd, like oh, well, they already kind of touched upon, like, the Christian stuff with, like, the first Assassin's Creed game yeah. taking place in Jerusalem. If you had an Assassin's Creed... Like, this doesn't tie into the changing history stuff. Well, you yeah. could do that. You saved Jesus. <laughs> Uh, but you would be playing somebody in the biblical era, you yeah. know, fucking like, well, that you've got Christian, well, not, you know, not, you don't have Christian, uh, but you have Roman soldiers versus, yeah. I mean, that could be the birth of a lot of the stuff. Well, you that, have to have. I mean, that'd be a great place to go back to the source of yeah. Christendom, Templar, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's the thing. The end of the Assassin's Creed game, you get chastised, you being pretty much all of humanity. But basically, the first civilization looks at you and says, you guys had thousands of years to try and prepare for this apocalypse, and yeah. you wasted that time squabbling, and now things are fucked. 
And uh, it'd be I, my, what I'd propose to Bill during our spoiler conversation off off uh, off recording was that uh, it'd be interesting if maybe in the future you play you're trying to go back and change points in time to prevent things. You from play happening. as a woman during the Bill Clinton era. Doesn't Jesus consort with ladies? <laughs> Why are you so fixated on playing with Jesus? Because I want Jesus to be the guy turning water into wine on my farm. <laughs> That wine is really valuable. You they can don't sell play that as Jesus, but he's just helping out making shit. Yeah, breads and... Man, do you see he's how many loaves and fishes he yeah, makes? Exactly. Dude, I totally want Jesus to be on my homestead. Do you have to go get up some snacks so we can keep on making loaves and breads and cheeses and... What's he make? <laughs> but I'm just saying. A, you want a female lead. B... Yeah, going back to the start of, uh, uh, like, uh, Christendom would be not you a bad have, idea. The thing with Assassin's Creed games is you have to pick, place them. This game is just reminding me, you have to have them in an urbanly dense situation. Jerusalem. And that is super... We've already been in Jerusalem. You My about, point oh, being is that, fuck, that, limits, right. that limits oh. where, where you can go in history, because it has to be a place where there is, like, environments you can navigate. But ancient Egypt, ancient Rome... Like fucking Egypt Mesopotamia, great, like even Russia, South America. Russia, the uh, Russian Revolution would have been great, but that's one of they the did comics. The comic, yeah. Um, Not that they could really limit them. Necessarily. French Revolution, but that's you're like they already did the American you're, yeah, Revolution. You're that's almost the same people. time too. You, yeah. you talk to Lafayette. Uh, still You already did like the 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 14th and 15th centuries with that's you. I mean, you could do other stuff in that world, but yeah. like. Like, you, you'd want to do, like, go somewhere in fucking India. Yeah, like, Brian, the there, nice... There's, I want to see parts yeah. of the world I wouldn't even think of. I want, like, somewhere yeah. in Indian history. Somewhere I want to go somewhere not Asian with history. white people. That fucking... was one of the things that was great about Assassin's Creed. It's great that I can look back on this year in games, and I played two games, right? A non-white protagonist. What? Which That's one? That's so rad. Sleeping Dogs and Assassin's Creed oh, 3. Okay, yeah. It's great. I got to be an Asian man and a Native American this year. That's pretty rad. That's why I hate being critical of Assassin's Creed 3, is that it's so nice to have a different perspective. But yeah, let's. It's Assassin's Creed. There's no reason I have to be another white guy. There's no reason. Especially be, you know, all of human history. Literally all of human history. But one thing that, like I said, the Forrest Gump syndrome in Assassin's Creed, where it's like, oh, I'm in this point of history, because why not? Well, that'd be It'd nice be to go back to another. To have it and change it. To have points of history and alter them. So if you had to be in London during the Blitz World War II, you could yeah. fuck shit up, you know? It's a, it would be a fundamental breaking of what Assassin's Creed is, but Assassin's Creed needs it. Have you seen Foil's it. War yet? It's a BBC mystery show uh, that's no. about a detective named Foil during the World War Two. Uh, his it's kind of like a Sherlock Holmes, and his Watson is his lady female driver. Yeah, he wears a military outfit. And yeah, she's got a little, little smart also little hat got a in uniform. the military. <laughs> yeah, uniform. That's what I'm saying. Pom poms and. <laughs> I said she's very cute. And she's got like the Rita Hayworth hair and everything yeah. like that. She's you, you would enjoy that show just for her. It's very cute. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just Is that all you have to add to this? Uh you, the, the the next Assassin's Creed game could take place. Could it be in that could show? Could it be another World War Two game? We don't have enough she, games in World War Two. Um Actually, that would be the best thing possible for me personally. I wanna be, I wanna the be, next Assassin's Creed game is just a remake of Saboteur. <laughs> I, I wanna be a South Seas Air Pirate. It's just Crimson Skies. Yeah. You just start making other games and other genres. Just... I want Tetris, which is the Assassin's Creed shit to like, label on top of it. Jesus. That's how they built the pyramids. That's actually the mini game in the Egyptian based Assassin's Creed game. That's great. 
Oh, friends, this was the Boy Howdy podcast. Can you believe it? We spent three hours talking you about You could have nothing. gone to see, actually, know what, the, this three hours is a better uh, waste of your time than and fucking Clubhouse. Although you could have gone to see Skyfall. And, and half had, of Wreck-It Ralph. And half of Wreck-It Ralph this time, so you kind of screwed yourself over, I have to admit. As always, we're at Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter. Boyhoudypodcast.com is our domain. Howdy at Podcast. Send us an email like Brian, and we're glad to talk about it. Um, next week will be, I'll be sad because I'm out of video games. I have to go back and replay things yeah, now. You have to go see all the movies I saw this week. So you can I... talk about movies. You can flip-flop next week. You'll be like, Skyfall's so good. And then you can talk about how shitty Assassin's Creed is. Yeah, you know what? That could happen. If I beat Halo, I got nothing else to play. There we go. So, yeah, friends, as always, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, Guys, we'll yeah, see, what? See, we'll see you on the flip side, y'all. Uh, guys, you want to, um, stand tall. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stand tall when, when Skyfall. When we're at Skyfall, I can't remember the lyrics of that song. <laughs> Odell. It's like, is it better than I set fire to the rain and watched it burn as I touched your face? What the hell is that? It's a lyric. It's, it's a lyric from one of Adele's most popular songs. I that. set fire to the rain. What? Watched it burn. No, this I really is. Your face. This is just when the sky falls. We'll still tall at Skyfall. <laughs> Cause I'll put it right here. This is where I'll start. This more